0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Behind the Player podcast brought to you by Survival Challenge. Today I'm your co-host William Hermanot and my other co-host today is Ryan Kaiser. How you
1: doing? Happy to be alive Will.
0: (laughs) And uh, if you're listening to this I know we've been talking a lot about Survival Challenge applications but that time has passed so now we're just getting hype for season 9 to finally be here. Um, and we're excited to be talking to lots of people, especially from even further back seasons that we haven't gotten to yet to kind of talk about their experience. So as we figure out the cast, that cast will literally listen to these episodes as they're trying to brush up on their survival challenge history. And hopefully, you know, these players will have some words of wisdom of the do's or maybe the do
1: nots. so, yeah, oh, we got like 100, have... 150 don'ts and like eight do's.
0: <laughs> well, after all, there's only one winner of every season, so there's going to be a whole lot more do nots than there is dues. And even with the winners, they're going to have a whole lot of do nots, to be honest. Um, so yeah, but without further ado, our guest today is Bryce from season six. How you doing, man?
1: Uh-oh. Bryce? Yeah. <laughs>
0: what
2: happened okay i guess i cannot plug in the uh the headphones i'm just gonna let everything ride as is because it seems like this is the only <laughs> way that it's gonna happen for me <laughs> it's okay uh, i can
0: edit this afterwards so just as you were
2: don't don't you troubleshoot all sorts of stuff and sometimes stuff happens it's good no i plugged in my headphones because i'm like oh, it would probably be better for me to hear that way i didn't realize it would take away my microphone so there yeah, we that's go that's kind of weird Anyway, I'm doing good. How are you? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Great.
1: (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Um, So we've actually been having a lot of season six content come out lately because we're finally getting the rest of the episodes out. Uh, So how's it been? Oh, wait, I was going to say, how's it relieving some of that stuff? But then I remember you saying you haven't been really watching the episodes. (laughs) Hannah would be so offended.
2: Yeah, um, nothing against anybody. Uh, Production you know, people editing. I know you started editing them, I think. And then Hannah kind of took up the torch recently, but, um, I've had, I wouldn't say zero interest in watching it. And it, it's more just me. I, I told you this over messaging and stuff, but like, I really just hate watching myself. Um, and I've talked to plenty of my castmates who have also said the same thing. And, and, uh, so pretty much I've just avoided it. I mean, obviously when you get out of the game, we'll talk about this in a bit, but like, when you get out of the game, I think there's a lot of things that you rehash in your mind already. Things that like plague you, even though it's been, what, I guess it's almost been four years for me now since playing. And I'm still, there's still times where they'll come up in my mind and I will just think about it. And I'm like, what if I just did this? And, um, I know I've heard a few of the other podcasts, but, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that I've just never, not that I've never wanted to revisit it, but just there was no reason for me to, and I didn't really have the drive, but obviously once you asked me to do the podcast, I was like, all right, I should probably look at some of these now, just so I can like rehash it in my head, because you might remember things differently, especially four years later. I think there's plenty of things you justify in your mind, or you tell yourself this is why you did what you did, but at the time, I probably wasn't thinking those same things, so I more just wouldn't, didn't want to sound like an idiot when I tell you different things while we're talking. So I, uh, yeah, I <laughs> them. Um, I've gotten through, I think, I think I'm on episode either five or six. Now we're definitely voting people out at this point, but uh, it's, it's been interesting to watch, I, you know, watching it play back. There's plenty of times I've felt happy about what I'm watching on the screen. And there's other times that I'm like, Oh damn, this is going to be bad soon. And I know it. So, you know, it's, it you get both sides.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, just, it's really crazy seeing how like survival, survival challenge started in this new location. Cause for you, like and the rest of your cast, there's a lot of newness for everyone. Yeah. Um, we didn't know what to expect in general, uh, because the of dynamics of the new location and just, there's a lot of yeah. newness in general. Um, yeah. so, um, but it's it is really impressive looking back to see how well we did do for such a huge transitional year. Oh, yeah, it really didn't feel like we lost any like quality in game production. Yeah, like I it really that. feel like it was a the right move from the first season that we started there.
2: Um, and it's kind of just one of those things, like obviously we were we were the guinea pigs, right? It's like w- new location, possibly, I mean, I never went to the. The Crowley Estate in Maine, but some maybe would even argue a better location overall, or at least for various different things. And um, and yeah, it was clear in the, the application that was given, the prep that they told us to do, and then the actual way it played out. There was it was clear to us. I think that they didn't know what to expect, so we were kind of along for the ride, um, it, mostly with. Obviously, the weather, which I I know for a fact we'll be talking about, but uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things that we were told certain things based off of. Here's what it's been in the past. Here's what to expect, and I think, of course, we all just believed them. So we just <laughs> we just went with what we were told, and of course, we were, got a big old slap in the face once we got there. Is definitely a, a a weird crash to reality. <laughs>
0: How did you end up finding out about Survival Challenge? Like what was your journey to even leading you to apply? Yeah,
2: it was kind of a weird thing um, because I think I just happened to be – I remember Googling, researching. I don't know if maybe somebody had brought it up to me, but honestly, like I wasn't a big part of like any survival, survival circles. Oh, my God, that was hard to say. Survivor circles. <laughs> um And I, I mean, I've dabbled in online games, things like that. So maybe I had heard something from somebody there, but I just remember searching through, maybe I was looking for live survivor games. I really don't know, but I remember stumbling across the page and this was back in probably like 2000, even 15 or 16. And I remember seeing, uh, and Ryan can probably remind me, but I think it was season two where, terry boo
1: eric played they were first season actually yeah
2: oh that's right because the second season was kobe and uh matt bischoff and um, yeah yeah yeah, okay well anyway so i remember seeing those people and not anymore (laughs) because i think my taste has just changed but when he first was on the season like terry was one of my favorites up until that point um don't scold me but i uh (laughs) i I just remember seeing him and Boo was another one. Everybody Hates Fiji. I actually really love Fiji as a season, um, and Boo is one of my favorite characters. So, like, seeing both of them together, like, obviously got me interested. So I, I, like, looked at the website, and I think by that time they had must have had at least four seasons down because that's also where Ryan had a testimonial video of him sipping his wine um and and i don't don't
1: recall that video that's that's been (laughs) nothing else that's made up
2: (laughs) it was just bizarre because it was literally the only video on the website
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm just i hey i'm i'm the star of the show what can i say
2: right i mean it was right after your season ended you must it was must have been for season five's application so that would have been in 2017 i remember seeing that and so i was like Okay, like I, I think I maybe have Wow, what it.
1: a cool person. I really want to get involved with this organization.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and I had seen the website, I think prior to that, maybe just like dabbled in it a little bit, didn't really consider like applying. I didn't know it was really a thing. I was like, how do you even get involved? So I just like kind of put it in the back of my mind, revisited later because I think it came back up around. And then that's when I saw Ryan's video. And that's when I was like, all right, cool. Um, Obviously, it was meant to be informational so that we can figure out how to apply, exactly what to expect, um, things like that. So that's kind of how I heard about it. And then, I, I mean, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know if you have another question for me. But yeah, that's how I found out about it.
0: Cool. Uh, Ryan, I, I don't know. Were you involved in casting at this point or like privy to any of that kind of behind the scenes stuff at this point in the um,
1: production? Not casting. I mean, like, at, yeah, like pretty quickly after my season, basically whenever Planning for season five kicked off is when I was kind of quickly roped into like the kind of production calls and planning. Um, but um, yeah, but I didn't never. I only knew the cast whenever like right before they were telling them. You know, at the end of February, early March. That's um, casting. Why I, that I only knew of like after mm-hmm. the fact. But um, planning the whole event outside of that portion of it. Um, so I mean, you know, we start working really. I mean, I mean you know, we at the event in July we kind of take July and like most of August off, maybe kind of like kicking off for like either like before or after Labor Day, but really for like, you know, from August through, or end of August through the next June, July, you know, we're meeting every other week to go over planning. So um, it's funny because like really, like really casting is almost one of the very last pieces that we put in place The puzzle, like we have all of our, mm-hmm. you know, the game format, different like, you know, twists and turns of the game. And it's like really just kind of like the people just come and we pop them in, you know, three or four months out.
0: Popped them yeah. Yeah. um did you have any pre-game thoughts on bryce at the time no
1: i want to i think bryce actually reached out to me um it must have been like I must have been like before casting you know, i feel like he reached out with a couple it's like you know a couple of questions over like was it facebook or twitter or whatever it may have been um so no i don't really i don't really have any like you know i mean i Took that as like, oh, he's obviously doing his research if he knows me. Um, <laughs> but um, I, uh, you know, so I was like, oh, that's kind of complimentary. Um But no, I, I took that. I was, I took that. Obviously, he was someone who was, you know, doing his research for it, um, and that's always a good sign. Not that like you really had to know, like, you know, yes, yeah, like not like it, like not like really knowing like the history of seasons one through five is really going to like make you right. understand going into season six stronger. But just like knowing how the game works, what to expect, you know, what's obviously. I, I can't even remember what we talked about briefly. Uh, it was a, you know, I think it's a kind of short conversation, but um, yeah. I think it's kind of you know you know here's a couple of things to expect you know as far as like you know the game's shorter you know there's a, it's very fast paced um, I obviously would have said it's you know a great experience um, but I mean yeah I mean so I probably would have – I think when we you know like, when we kind of got closer to McCollum I probably had Bryce probably like higher up on the list I don't think I had him as a winner. Um, but just like someone who I I just could see he like seemed like he was like athletic, you know. He seemed like he was you know his bio read very well. Like, He was well spoken. I'm obviously a big fan of the show. It's so like I I wasn't surprised. You know, I I wouldn't have been surprised if he had gone very far in the game. So I um it was like I guess my like, kind of like you know early thoughts pregame on Bryce.
2: Is it? Are you talking about this? Is like before? like after casting was solidified or you're talking about like while we are in the casting process.
1: Oh no. So after, after, after it's, you know, here's, here's the 24 Then mm-hmm. we kind of like, you know, just read all, all your bios. Exactly. And I don't think they watch, I don't think we watched like their, I don't think we watched your application videos, but I was at the time I was the one putting together the kind of like quick meet the cast intro reel. Um, so I mm-hmm. got like, you know, a quick, like 10 second, you know, impression of people then, um, but like, yeah, I really like going into the game besides people who have maybe, um, you know, been on the, like, the three or four on our casting team, our yeah. impressions of people are really just, like, their photo, their bio, yeah. um, which includes answers to, like, the specific application questions, and then, like, you know, a very quick, you know, hey, I'm so-and-so, here's why I'm going to win, blah, blah, blah. So, have I mean, it's really basic information. Um, and it's always funny how, you know, either dead on or way off you are about people. There's definitely some who kind of, like, yeah. you know, go in and kind of, like, play as you maybe would expect them to. Others are kind of just, like holy shit, that person was not what I thought, either in a good way or a bad way. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, the, you know, I
2: don't... You see the bios I, on the actual website, and they're like, who do you play most like, or whatever, and they're like, Parvati, and you're like, yeah, sure. You know, it's like, a lot of people can talk a big game, and they can say whatever they want to get casted, but then, like, when push comes to shove, when your foot hits the ground, it's like, are you really going to perform that way? Or, you know, sometimes, even like me, I would say maybe I had thoughts about how I would do it when I went into the game, and I, I completely maybe surpassed in certain areas In other areas I surprised myself in like a totally bad way where I was like, oh, wow, I thought I would be good here and I just wasn't. So, I mean, it's, it's really hard to tell until you're just in it. But um, yeah, and
1: even like with the show, I don't really love as much doing all these like pregame like predictions because you know, it's just like you just have so little to go off of. And, and, and then even then, like kind of Bryce is saying you only really have to go off of what they're telling you. So someone's like, oh, I'm going to go play the game like Kim Sprat, And I'm like, OK. Um, and it's like, it just, you know, usually it's not going to be, you know, the perfect, you know, image in your head actually playing out in reality. Sometimes it's pretty close. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's like, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a crapshoot. I mean, you have people who you think will go far who are early boost, some who you are early that go far or vice versa. Um, but it's, yes, yeah, so I don't I don't really focus too much on how I think they'll do. I kind of have obviously more interest in watching just like once they're there, what they're doing in the game.
2: Yeah. I I only ask that question just because like casting for me, I know I'd be terrible as a caster. Like if I don't, I'm not good at picking up different personalities. I would have a hard time cutting people if I liked them, but maybe they weren't suited for it or things like that. Um, But I would love to have been a fly on the wall during, like if there was any recordings of just the process of casting for my season, just to hear the thoughts and, um, and you know, we had a lot of people who jumped in last minute just because of a lot of like malfunctions with, uh, airlines and just people not showing up and things like that. So I know that and my cast ended up being a lot different than it was initially anticipated to be, but I just, uh, and especially in regards to me, like I always like to know maybe what somebody saw in me or maybe reservations that somebody had when trying to cast me and then seeing if I like proved them wrong or or something like that. But um, cause I initially applied for 2017 and Ryan, by the way, I did just check. Cause I know that the first interactions we had was on Facebook and I did check back just to look at the receipts. I almost swore that you reached out to me, but that wasn't the case. I actually did reach out to you. So,
0: um,
2: <laughs> but it was also just because, well, just, I mean, kind of on that same line, but like I initially applied for 2017 and I'm like super happy I did not get on there. Um, and I also just kind of put in like a half-assed video, um, I guess with the intent that I figured it would, I would probably just get cast. I mean, I truly did not know the process and how in depth it was and how many people applied. And I just thought it'd be like, eh, I look interesting enough, so whatever. But me and Ryan actually crossed paths later like in actual person um, we actually happened to wear the same shirt to a party once. And that was cute. Yeah. But which I, I totally
1: remember. I wasn't very drunk at all. At. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't worry. My dog has, to, has to shredded that shirt. So we will never wear it at the same time again. <laughs> but uh, Ryan and I had actually crossed paths. And then that's when I met a lot of the people involved with um, survival challenge in particular, John, and then uh, big Mike And at that point I was able to just talk with them about things. So they kind of had an idea of who I was. So I almost felt like coming around to 2018, like at that point they had asked me to apply again now that they knew who I was. Um, I mean, kind of unrelated, related, but I mean, I met Ryan at a finale. So that's where I really interacted with a lot of the survival challenge people because at the time I was dating Jeff Varner and, uh, so I went to the finale for Game Changers and that's where I met all those people. And at that point, that's when I, like, once they knew who I was and we got a chance to interact and everything, then they were like, please apply again. Um, so I, I almost feel like my application process was probably a little odd compared to a lot of other people's. Um, but that's kind of what got me there. Like once I met them and they explained more of what it was and, and even their thoughts on my video initially with 2017 and stuff, it kind of gave me a, an, surge to want to then do it. And so I was like fully prepped and ready to go for 2018 when the applications were ready to roll out and just excited about it and kind of all the way up until it started. So
0: so once you were casted, Bryce, did you do anything specific to prepare? And I know it's a little bit, a little bit harder for you because you're going into it knowing it's a new location and there's a whole extra day. So the format was just always going to be different. Um, but yeah, did you do anything like physical or strategy wise preparation or watch a bunch of Survivor or talk to anyone beforehand?
2: Um, it was, it was kind of a weird spot. So I'm honestly, this is probably one of my flaws, even in Survivor in general is I will never assume, I guess, that I need to work on something. Like in this case, I, I, I didn't think that there was anything in particular I needed to kind of like prep for. Uh, I mean, I played soccer. I was consistently playing. So I was like, I knew I was in shape Um, physically. I knew I was going to be probably, I I, I didn't want to be the, like the top physically out there, but I figured I'd be one of the more athletic people potentially. So I was definitely preparing for that. I guess a lot of my prep was more just mental, um, figuring out what my strategy might be going into it. And honestly, the one thing, and this is probably what I tell anybody, if you're going to practice one thing, it would be this is, um, fire. I mean, that's the one thing I consistently practiced on because I, I I mean, I feel like at home, maybe I had done it like a few times. And once I realized I kind of got the hang of it, I was like, all right. Um, you know, I don't, I don't need to just like do this every day, but that was probably the main thing that I, like I went and bought Flint, I watched, tried to find the best video for like the quickest way to make fire, obviously in the possibility that it would be a part of a challenge or something like that. I wanted speed rather than like, just here's how you do it. Um, and I think I found some clip of a, like, maybe it was like a minute, minute and a half long of just some random dude. And he just showed me this way to do it. And and I competed in a few fire making things throughout my time playing um, or maybe just like one in particular, but, you know, built plenty of campfires and stuff. So I felt pretty strong about that. Um, but yeah, pretty much everything else was mental. Uh, just kind of, I, I mean, I did watch, I think at the time there were episodes out. I think all of season three may have been out. Um, I think maybe the pilot episode of Ryan's season in season four and then some random episodes of season one were out there. So I really just tried to find everything survival challenge um, just to get an idea of what, you know, cause I, I, think when you look at the real show, I'm not expecting that this is going to be like the real show. I'm expecting that it's going to be a, a, a version of it, a very light version. So I, and I'm, we'll talk more about this, I'm sure. But like, I, I truly did not know that when I would go out there, that the challenges, um, the the uh, the plans for the season, the way it shook out, like all those things, would actually be something that I would have participated in. Like I truly was expecting it was gonna be some like knockoff cheese brand, and I was gonna be like, yeah, I mean that was fun, but like nothing extravagant, and I was like completely. I mean, even watching the videos back, it didn't do it justice, um, but I think I think where it really struck for me was, um, I can't remember all the challenges, but specifically in season three, watching them do the, you know, the step ladder one with um, the puzzle pieces leading up to the top and untying the rope and yada, yada. I mean, we did that in my season and I was terrible, but uh, that was the, I think the time that I was like, oh, wow, like these are in like in really legitimate challenges so it it really then just sparked more and more of a fire of like all right i really want to be on for this um but that's pretty much most of the prep was fire watching survival challenge specifically and then uh i guess just mental preparations
1: i always love my answer i did like jack squat (laughs) to
2: prepare. i know and i and i don't know that many people like i mean i would I'm sure everybody has their own stories and there's plenty of people who maybe are aware of like, oh, this is a weakness for me. Or obviously if all of a sudden you're like, I really don't run that often, I should probably get in shape. The one thing I probably wish I would have prepped on, and I don't know how you prep, I guess I would have just had to find a swimming pool. But swimming, I mean, that first challenge kicked my ass. It was uh, a big awakening for me that uh, um, swimming takes a lot out of you. And I don't think I've ever swam competitively like even in a race of any sort so that was the first time I truly was like going hard and I felt like I was about to drown like I I totally understood it's funny there's just many times throughout my season that I I look back and go oh that made sense or in the moment I'm like that's why people who are on the real show maybe potentially quit or suck in this challenge or I was like I got it so um, that was probably the one thing I wish I would have done but other than that yeah I, I really didn't prep a whole lot and I'm not, I'm not sure that if I would have what I would have prepped on and if it would have even been helpful once I saw how like the season played out for me and everything. So.
0: Well, unfortunately the, the whole thing kind of started off with a swimming challenge. So I'm sure that was a little, uh, shock for you there, but <laughs> yeah,
2: no, it, it, that's why it was like weird. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm ready for anything and anything physical. And, and this is kind of what I meant by like, this is kind of, at least in Survivor, my probably my biggest downfall or blind spot is I, I feel like I underestimate everybody. Um, like there's never there was never a point in any time during the season where I looked at somebody and go, I should probably take them out because they're going to beat me in the end. And and I know it's more of how my story played out, but uh, but I also just I'm not great at that. So like looking at everybody, I probably would have thought if you put me in 10 challenges, I would beat everybody 10 times. And it's not like an egotistical thing. I just, I I just assume, or I just trust my abilities, I guess. And then it's also hard for me to see strengths in other people. Um, and
1: some of them are hidden. That's Okay.
2: (laughs) Well, so I'm like I know how it sounds. Like I know, been, I know, what, I know what you're
1: saying. It's just, it's just <laughs>
0: funny.
1: I'm not, <laughs> an egotist, I'm not egotistical, but I think I'm better than anybody else. Usually, generally.
2: The best <laughs> I just want everybody to know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I realize as I'm talking how that's coming across, and it's, but it truly isn't. It's just I, I guess how I meant that was just I just trust my abilities. So like, or at least like if you put me in ten challenges, I'm going to do well in probably most of them. I just I my whole life I've been like naturally athletic. Um, I've always been I feel like pretty good with people, so I just felt like I mean and everybody says that about themselves about various different things and so you go, oh, that's gonna translate to survivor but you know even I'm just watching some Australian survivor stuff and people were talking about they different you know somebody's a like a, a lawyer and then somebody else does like crime scene investigations and they're like, I'm good at getting information out of people and blah 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 and I just realized, though, that half the time, although that sounds good on paper, it doesn't end up panning out quite the same in this setting. Like, there's just definitely something to be said about vibes you get from people. Um, You just have this weird trust with some people that it's like, no matter what they told me they did as a profession or whatever, like, it's just, you. there's just like a lot of things that happen organically in the game that I really, and that's where I kind of feel like, Yes, prep on certain things that you feel like would be good that you can control. But at the end of the day, there's only so much prepping you can do. And I do also believe that there's such thing as over-prepping. And I think that's what I was trying to avoid was just I don't want to do too much and frazzle myself or do too much and overthink literally everything and, you know, have a game plan going in that I try to stick to and it blows up in my face. Like I really just tried to make sure I went in as – I don't, I don't even know. Like just, I wanted everything to come new. Like I didn't, I didn't want it to be that I had already researched all this stuff. I had listened to all the podcast. I mean, we weren't doing these at the time, but you know what I mean? It's like, I didn't want to have all that stuff in my brain and now that's what I'm basing the game off. I guess a lot of people call that like metagaming. Like I didn't want to do that. I wanted to come in fresh, have a little bit of a semblance of like what I was wanting out of the game or prepping. Like I did make, I, I have my notes with me, but I had written like a, um, a little journal up from the time that I basically left, um, like on the plane and everything up until the time that I entered the game. And so it's like, I, I had notes and just thoughts and I just wanted to read back on them later and kind of see, you know, if everything lived up to its potential for me. And I had a checklist of all the, the goals that I would have wanted to do while I was in the game. Um, anything from winning to, you know, finding an idol to like, you know, I mean, literally everything. So that was the most that I really thought through things, but it was never like, oh, I'm going to make sure I do this when I'm in the game or I'm going to make sure I blind sign something. I mean, like, you know, there's things that you just can't prep for and everything is situational. And at the end of the day, I just feel like the more prep you do, it actually could end up becoming detrimental. And uh, I just didn't want that to happen to me. So,
0: All right. Well, getting into the game itself – once you guys finally get to the property there um it was very apparent what kind of weather you were going to expect for the game because Mm -hmm. it showed itself very early Uh, it wasn't raining yet but it was that type of storm where you could feel that it was just ready to just downpour any second
2: yeah it was really windy in particular um I mean you could see the clouds rolling in I, it, it was really weird um and again, yeah it was like it I was like
1: 4 p.m and that sky was black we're like Ooh, yeah, this is it, was, it was not crazy. great
2: um i i remember it kind of started with check-ins and slowly but surely like it got darker the wind started to pick up like all these things and and so i don't know there's so many thoughts that i have even before the game happened like i, I don't even know like i wouldn't say the game was a whirlwind to me but there are moments but i would say like a lot of the long drawn out stuff that I just truly remember, it's like burned into my brain is getting there or like the whole travel period for me, you know, driving from the airport when I was checking in, like there's just like a lot of stuff going on and lots of memories from even that alone. And then, you know, there's, there's definitely points in the game that I can look back on and even pivotal moments. But yeah, I, I, there's a lot of stuff I don't remember from the onset, just cause I think it was just, you know, you get this like wave of feelings and wave of just emotions and things. And literally up until the point that the game started, I, like flying out there, getting my car, driving. Like, I feel like the one thought that kept going through my mind is like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I'm like, f- I'm paying money. I'm flying out to a new state. Like I'd never <laughs> done anything like this before, but I'm literally sitting there thinking to myself, like, do I just want to like turn around? Like, is this for two reasons? One is like, what am I getting myself into? And really that thought hit me as soon as we got there. And I was like, what, like, what actually, like, what am I doing? And then, but up until that point, I think it was just talking to myself, just kind of going like, this sounds like the nerdiest thing I've ever done. Like nobody's going to understand why I'm doing this. I don't understand why I'm doing this. So it truly was just like, like uh, the waves of just, of thoughts and emotions and all these things. And I, I remember I posted up at some random, like, I don't even know what it was. It's probably a one day, day. This is
1: really worth the hotspot for pre-survival challenge.
2: I feel like it wasn't too far. I got, I got there really early. So I was more, as I was driving in, I was like, all right, I need to burn some time. And like most of the drive is like corn and like wheat or whatever it was. And I don't know if I like map quested it. That's not even a thing. Map, like Google mapped it. Um, but I found some spot and it was like opposite road. So I went off the main road and just drove down another like 20 minutes just to find food. And, uh, that's where I really sat and like processed all my thoughts. So when I found out afterwards that so many people had gone to like the same restaurants or like noticed each other. And of course they're wearing their colors already. Like I didn't even change into my stuff until right before I showed up. So, um, but that's the other part of me. Like I didn't want anybody to have any preconceived anything about me. Like if I saw somebody outside the game and they maybe reacted to something a certain way, I, I would then base the game off of that. Like I really didn't want to run into a single person prior to getting there. I just wanted to go in fresh. And um, But yeah, so I, I post up at some – I think I got like a po' boy, like a shrimp po' boy somewhere, fries. And as I'm eating it, I, I mean – I even wrote it down. I'm just like, why am I eating all this food? Cause I'm going to end up having to like shit my pants, like in the first challenge. And it just like, I just, all these emotions, feelings. And I, I don't know. Like I have all these pages of just journal and like thoughts leading into the game. And you
1: should stuff. have gone to golden corral. <laughs>
2: <laughs> trust me in my college years i had my good fair share of golden corral i know what that does to me and that was not in the plans um yeah i know i 100 percent thought i was going to have a moment like that but ironically enough i didn't poop for five days so um you know survival challenge <laughs>
0: Well, walk us through that first challenge because uh, it did have a pretty interesting attribute for your tribe.
2: Yeah, so I remember, because it all came, if, if I remember correctly, it was all through, like, check-in. So, like, we were all sitting around in our teams or whatever, I guess, assumed teams um, And we're all supposed to be quiet. They made us, like, sit five feet away from each other. And then I think once we were waiting for somebody. I can't remember who it was. It might have been, like, Rachel. Uh, No, I feel like she was – anyway. But we were waiting for somebody, and all of a sudden they just finally told us, like, get up and go. And it wasn't – like, watching the last two seasons, it was nothing like that. Like, I feel like both the last two seasons, it was – they got introduced right there. And then it was just kind of like, all right, here's what you're doing. Head out. Like, you know, that – or I think 2019 got, like, driven – somewhere together. But ours was very like, we just walked over and then it was welcome. And here's this. And of course, like we were talking about, like, you can see the clouds coming in and it was getting darker and darker. And all of a sudden the wind picks up like crazy. And yeah, they tell you you're going to compete in a challenge. And this is the one thing that I would have told you, like, absolutely never would I do this. But my first instinct, my clothes come off. Like, I'm just like, That was the first thing when it's a a swimming challenge. Like, of course you're thinking, all right, I don't want everything wet. So you just start taking off your clothes and you just totally forget. There's tons of people watching you. There's cameras on you. And now I'm just in my underwear and we're getting ready to compete in this challenge. Sky's rolling in. Like it really set the atmosphere and the tone for the season. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. It just like that moment of, um, just everything getting darker, wind picking up, starting to sprinkle and, the, the first challenge is always supposed to be like this intense, big thing. And, and it kind of just ended up being like that, like the, the mood was set and you're just focused and it's on. And I don't remember like walking, like walking across if I like introduced myself to people or if it was just silent, like I truly cannot remember. Um, but I rem- remember setting all of our stuff up and they told us, you know, strip down into whatever you want. And I think maybe then we start exchanging pleasantries a little bit, but more, strategizing and um probably the most iconic thing of the whole season happened to my tribe within like the first five minutes that was nice
0: (laughs) (laughs) so walk us through your side of that and explain (laughs) this (laughs) infamous because you're only one of uh six people that can say that they were a part of this experience yippee
2: um yeah so god uh i mean at, at the end of the day you end up laughing about all of it but in the moment, I guess even in the moment, you didn't realize like what happened. And then obviously later than, that night, then you realized like, wow, <laughs> it's this, like,
1: oh, we found out.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. like, in the moment, you're just like, eh, all right, well, we'll just cut our losses here. And then you realize... Shit. No, like that's like, what, what the hell? So, um, no, of course, every team, when you start a challenge, you, you prep their strategy, there's things that you talk about. And literally the one thing that John reiterated to us was, Hey, just so everybody knows there's four tribes and there are four tarps out there. That's all I'm going to say about that. And he's like, you can kind of look at the sky and kind of see where this is going. So it's literally like laid out on a platter for you you can, I, I don't know if the footage was on there for the episode, but I mean, you can see us talking about it. And I think even somebody says like, first thing, get the pot. And this is where I go, damn it. I should have just gone first. Like, I i think Brie told us she was a strong swimmer. So we're like, all right, go for it, girl. I get it. And um, I don't know if it was just her being frazzled or her just like, I mean, when you're in the moment, like, you know, cause there's this platform in the middle, right. And there's, a bunch of items out there it's essentially i think one for each tribe but it doesn't have to be that way like it's not designated that way but one person swims out at a time grabs an item from the platform and we were told specifically do not lean on the platform because it's tipsy and you're going to literally knock everything in the water so i think that's also played a part in it because it was really hard especially if the items were on the opposite side to see what was on the table um but you know what we're getting into. It's like all of a sudden – so she goes out there, and you can see where she kind of looks, but then just like reaches up and grabs it, and um, she grabs the pot. And and so, uh, yeah, it was one of those things that, again, in the moment, you're not thinking about anything. So I was second, and I was just thinking in my mind, all right, I'm going to just race out as fast as I can, and I'm going to beat all those people there hopefully, and I'm just going to get this tarp. And I get out there, and uh, there isn't one. Like it's gone. Um, and so – I'm not sure if, I want to say Red Tribe, so a PZ. I think they noticed that there was another TARP out there. I can't remember. Or if whoever just went. Yeah, it was
1: the, I think, I can't remember which person from our tribe got it, but it was definitely a PC, the Red Tribe, that got the second. They they were first back to the platform, so they got dibs in the remaining TARP that was not chosen the first time.
2: Yeah, and I think it was either Jack or Justin. I can't remember. I mean, I literally just watched. It. I don't. Even but know, hey, but I mean,
1: you guys had a pot. You would have had fresh drinking water from the rain. We, we provide you drinking water anyway, but it's not fresh over the sky.
2: You all about that. Um, yeah, no, it was. It was basically kind of just went from worse to worse. It was like um, so we didn't even get the tarp. Fast forward, end of the challenge. But there were these bottles that were out there, and one of the bottles was whoever had it could then go to the other tribes and choose one tribe to take an item from. And, you know, Red Tribe got it. So, of course, their initial conversations at that point was, we have two tarps. We don't need any more tarps. What do we need? And they're like, we need a pot. Or Jill specifically said we need a pot. And uh, so they went from tribe to tribe. Now, I don't think we were the only one who had a pot. But the ruling was, like, if you went to one tribe and then you chose to pass over their items, you could not then go back to them. So it's kind of like you had to make that decision right there or give it up. And, of course, we were the last tribe from Red. So they just passed over everybody else. Probably the first tribe maybe had a pot, but they were maybe wanting to see what else was on the table, so they skipped over them. Probably the green tribe at that point didn't have a pot, so they're like, all right, well, we need a pot. So they land on us. And so the one item that we actually forfeited the TARP for, we ended up getting stolen. And, uh, yeah, in that moment, you're definitely like, cool. So that was all we were left with at that point was like a soggy bag of rice because it was raining and maybe some fruit. And I think my tribe had a either one or maybe even two flints. I, I think we had two flints. Um, not the brightest, brightest moment for us. Definitely. Like one of those, and again, in the moment, I'm not thinking like, wow, my tribe is terrible. Like what did we do? Like, I'm not thinking anything of that. I'm just like, all right, we don't have a tarp. It is no big deal. Um, and then we'll get to this later where we we miss another opportunity for a tarp. But anyway, um, Yeah, so it was just kind of like worst to went to worst, and did you even mention like
1: like, what the name that came out of that instance was? Nickname.
2: (laughs) Um, Bree is now named Pot Girl, Um, (laughs) infamously. So she, I don't know if that was coined after or if it was during. Like, I think what what happened was the other tribes called her Pot Girl because they saw her get the pot and not the tarp and uh yeah so Brie was from then on Pot Girl and I think at first it was probably an embarrassing moment for her but I think she's embraced it she's done a good job with it um she's our survivor queen so um most iconic player this season Pot Girl Yeah
0: I mean hey if if you could say that you've got an iconic nickname out of your season I think it was a success in my opinion you know
2: <laughs> I mean mine was pussy pants and I don't know which one's worse but you know <laughs> Um, and that's because I I wore cat pants. It has nothing to do with anything else just before anybody goes there. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yes, a few of us left with, with iconic nicknames. Um, I think the only one who still calls me that is actually Adam Kennedy, but that's totally fine.
0: (laughs) Well, what did you think of your tribe once you got to your camp and attempted to set up whatever you tried to set up at that point?
2: We, uh, okay, so this was the hard thing about our season, uh, talking about weather. Um, I felt like every time we started a challenge, it would rain, and then it would dry off just in time for us to get dry enough, and then we would then have like a water challenge and get soaked again. And then we would get out of the water and put on our clothes or whatever, and then it would rain again. And it was like we were just, for the first, I feel like 24, to 36 hours maybe just never dry it felt I think it just kind of became a running joke with us all it's just like if we're dry it's a water challenge if it's not a water challenge then it's raining so I think a lot of us just kind of gave up on even trying to stay dry but um yeah so my tribe and and we had different camps obviously there's four of us and our trek god again it's just like one thing after the next of just uh, truly when I'm sitting there and going like, why am I doing this? And it's like, from the start of that, then it, we're soaked and you know, you can deal with it for five minutes or whatever. But once it's like an hour, two hours, three hours, you're like, okay, this sucks. So my tribe, I actually liked our camp. I think our camp was actually the best. I never saw, I don't think I ever saw greens cause that one got removed at the swap, but um, spoilers. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> Ours, I actually liked ours because we had a couple really big trees, so we had some protection. Obviously, it's not going to protect you completely from rain, but um, basically what happened is we all went back to our tribe camp, and the trek was so long and muddy, and ours had two slopes because ours had like a river running through it um, leading up to it. So we had, I think, by far the worst trek to our camp, but the camp was fantastic. Um, but we had two big trees, and our tribe basically stood under this one tree b- until they told us, like called us to leave somewhere. Um, so huddled up and, you know, did the whole, what's your name? How old are you? What do you do? And um, I think that's a great way to just start sizing people up. And nobody gave us, at least me, any impression of um, like lying about their occupation or, or anything about them, except for Leah. Um, Cause she claimed, I think that she was 24 and I looked at her and I was like, no, you're not. Like, I know you're not 24. <laughs> I know you have to be older or, I mean, younger than that. Like, she, she looked younger. I actually thought she was 18, and she was just trying to play that, like, I'm older, so she didn't, you know, not blend in. She didn't want to stand out. So that's what I assumed it was. I mean, it didn't matter to me, but I that was the only person that I truly was like, okay, I, I'm not sure that I believe everything she's telling us. Um, but other than that, like, I liked my tribe, but I think immediately when you get to camp, the first thing you tend to do is size everybody up, right? It's like you look at who you're with and kind of go, okay, this could be short-term, this could be long-term, but you have to play as if it's going to be long-term. Like, I'm looking at it just kind of going like, all right, this is the crew I'm stuck with, so I have to look and see who might be, like, a good partner for me or even just vibes that I get, things like that. And uh, and even from the first challenge, like, there's definitely people who show their personalities a lot quicker. So, like, uh, uh, you'll hear me talk about her probably forever, but Leah's one of them. Like, you just she's loud. She doesn't stop talking. She's, um, I mean, even from check-in, I remember the way she was even sitting, like when she tells you she's a pageant girl, you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like she's sitting there in her like little spandex and she also puts her jacket on cause it's starting to get windy. And I'm like, great. I have the princess on my tribe. So that's fantastic. And then you look at the other people and, um, you know, I have Adam Kennedy who's covered in tattoos and he, I'm not even going to try to do his accent cuz I'm terrible at it but um but yeah, Boston, so he has like this thick accent, Boston boy. But I think I, if I remember correctly though, he he dropped his accent. Like I'm pretty sure he went into the game without like he he basically talked like me like he he dropped the boston accent or at least made it more subtle i can't remember but i th- i think i remember after i was out of the out of the game and everything was done and i went to talk to him for the first time and he had this thick boston accent i thought he was messing with me and it's just he anyway so you know you look at the people that you're with and you uh try to size them up and so honestly from my tribe I didn't i didn't get any vibes other than it was pretty clear right away that there is seemingly this like older, younger division. Um, There was Scott and Rachel who um, I think are both in their forties. I can't really remember. Um, And then me, Bree, Leah and Adam were, I guess the younger side. And, and so you end up having these like quicker conversations, you know, you really try to snag them when you can. So the first thing we start to do is like, let's try to build a, a camp life or something. Cause we're going to need it. So there's all these leaves, branches everywhere. Obviously we don't have like a knife or anything to cut down anything major, but anything we could break off. We kind of tried to make like a canopy. Um, But in those moments, you know, you walk off and you can kind of see people trailing off in twos or I'm with somebody, I think me and Adam Kennedy went out to the side and, um, you know, kind of chatted a little bit. Uh, I kind of, out of all the people on my tribe, I kind of sized him up as the person I'd probably vibe with the best or somebody who, looked like he would probably be on the same wavelength as me like strategically and things like that. So, um but my initial thoughts wasn't anything more than all right, I just let me, you know, get the conversations where I can, but we were pretty much stuck under that tree for a while where it felt almost like all of the conversation was just general fluff stuff. And so it was really hard to get like a read on anything until after the rain started to let up a little
0: bit. So strategic wise when it came to social connections and like potential pecking orders like what was spoken of on that first night
2: first night i can't remember ryan that first day wasn't that still <sighs> when they like pulled us away in pairs right um, Where we really a mini challenge with yeah, everybody I remember, okay.
1: yeah because we oh that's a shit show because um, it was because it, it was, like, it was so scary. rainy and wet well. we had these days, so we sent them out to camp to like this main challenge and then I think we went to each camp and like grabbed two from each side. that there's like there's like I think like, three mini challenges kind of set up so they're basically yeah. in a way to kind of like have two from each tribe interact in a, in a group of eight where they kind of formed like basically a group of eight with you know four pairs but like each challenge I was only I was only at one challenge um, which involved trivia with paper so, you're at, you're
2: <laughs> so that's one that I, went to. I say you were you were hosting my challenge because that's one that i went to oh, we're, um, we're there. okay
1: yeah. um but yeah so it was like this like messy trivia challenge so, like these paper was just like totally ruined <laughs> by the rain so I just i was yeah. and this is like my um so like when i was when i went to go um join the production team in 2017. yeah 17 i was kind of more of like a you know, shadow work kind of like learning the ropes of like how the, you know, field production team works. And this was, this was like really like my first year of being like a lead. Um, so this was, this was kind of like my like first like time, like running a challenge. And I'm like, all my supplies are like trashed mm-hmm. and ruined. I'm like, um, <laughs> we're just going to make do with this. Ch- like, it's like, I felt bad. It felt like a very, like, I mean, kind of what Bryce was saying earlier about the whole like ass of like hokey little, you know, stupid challenges. Like it almost kind of like came across like it because like, because it was like truly like the rain just like, rained out this entire challenge that we had planned for him um
2: yep.
1: yeah so it was, it was basically again, it was just a way to kind of like break them up get them interacting with other people from that weren't on their initial tribes i don't think you guys even had um i guess you guys had buffs right because that's the first time we did buffs so you like, yeah, you, like knew that so you guys knew, we, that, you knew that you were tojo at that point
2: yeah no we yeah. did and so we were already back at camp and i don't know how long obviously we don't have watches or anything so who knew um at what point I mean, it was probably like an hour or two later we split off to do this. and but it was it was so it was raining so heavy, like because I remember because William was kind of trying to get footage of our camp and stuff but then all the camera people just like disappeared and it's like it's too wet the we don't want to potentially ruin all this stuff so yeah i think they, i think we, we even like, we remember
1: like at one point hunkering down and like the giant shed um yeah, by the challenge yeah. area. i think i think we started those challenges like later than what they were supposed to but we're kind of just like we either like are just gonna i think if we gave it, like maybe like a half hour maybe like or so to kind of like see if the rain died down and, ju- and it just wasn't we sort of like we're either gonna have to like scrap this entire segment we had or just kind of like push through with the rain. So we ended up doing just, you know, the latter of the two options with the rain. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't, I think, I think, I don't think there was a camera guy at ours. Cause again, yeah, I mean, we have, you yeah, know, that way, we, we, these yeah. are expensive cameras and it's like, you know, we even cut like our, we usually have a confessionals every day. We even cut those at first night because it was just like, it was, I mean, I think, um, I mean, it rained a lot this past year, but I feel like, like it didn't rain as, like, okay, so it's, 20, it's 2021. The last, like, couple of days, were just, it rained mostly constantly, but it was almost more as, like, a just, like, constant mist. Like, maybe it was some, like, heavy rain mm-hmm. at some points. But, like, the like, the first night of 2018 was truly, like, torrential rain. Like, it, it was it was bad. Yeah. I remember, I mean, um, you know, being the <laughs> – not the biggest outdoor person that I am. um, Like, my – I was wearing these boots. And, like, literally, my boots were, like, filled with water. Like, the water just got in there and just, like, you know, filled up. And, like, I got that, too um my car to go back to my where i was staying that night and before i got out of my car i literally like, take off my shoes and just like dump out like just straight water from my shoe because it was so um just like wet and saturated so, i mean it's, it's one of those things where like you know i, I think i say all the time we're like it's cool or like it's cool after the bathroom looking back you're, like oh wow i like went through this really harrowing experience you know of that <laughs> night or that series of nights but like in the moment you're like i want to fucking die <laughs> just, like, <Yeah>. <laughs> at, or, or you're just asking yourself like I'm not playing for my. I'm playing for "quote unquote" fun. I'm in misery right now. What am I doing? But oh it's all, God. you know, part of the survivor experience. So it. it well,
2: ends and that's up being the hard fine. thing about it for you guys too. Is like we're actually playing. You guys are just there to support and help in these things. So I'm like, like that's honestly why every year since I've told people, I'm like, I'm willing to do this if you ask. But like, I do not want to be a tribe handler because even ryan told me after the game he's like i literally was so miserable like almost ready to just like be in tears i was like ready to go
1: <laughs> i went back to like mice because we were staying at, like this dorm room um on like the western Illinois campus like i got back there i was soaking my like the shoes that i was i had to wear that entire re- week now were like totally just soaked yes. i was it's fine and it's probably like you know 10 o'clock 11 o'clock at night i was in my dorm room with i didn't even go to the bathroom at this point but like I was literally, I had like my hair dryer cause I use one of those. And I was like literally trying to like blow dry my shoes and my jacket. Cause I'm oh like, these are all I packed for like, I had to have these. So I'm just like, I, yeah, I was, I'm not gonna lie. I was on the verge of, I don't think I, yeah, I, I was close to being just like, what am I doing? It was, a very dramatic moment for me, but it was, it was so wet. I can't even just describe.
2: And that's (laughs) the thing. Like when, when I was telling you, it's like, they sent us this prep list and every person who, I mean, obviously by the time this comes out, the new cast should um, probably, Oh, I don't know when you guys notify anyway, but like, you know, people get a prep list when you, when you get accepted, there's an email that comes through and it tells you, all right, here's what you need to prep, blah, 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 this. And, And you could tell that they were kind of looking at the weather, but mostly just going based off of, like, here's what it was in Maine, here's what will allow all these things. And from what I remember, like from Ryan telling me and just other people who played back then, they said it was hot during the day or neutral or whatever, but the nights were freezing cold. And so – there were times where they were actually worried about the players, things like that. So they actually allowed us to bring a blanket, which again, talk about prep, but that was, I forgot. I was the only person out there who like did not have a blanket because I actually just forgot to bring it with me. Um, and so it was, it's kind of, it went both ways. It was like both for the cast and for the crew seemingly like based off like Ryan's story is that nobody was really prepared for what we got. Like, and, and, I swear to God, I've been to Illinois multiple times, like McComb specifically since then. And every time I swear, there's like one day where it torrentially downpours like that. And I'm like, I was not prepared for it. I mean, not that anybody really was, but even even the the crew members, like they packed based off of probably seasons past and what to expect there. Nobody was ready for what we got that day and it and it continued for like a whole 24 hours like it was it was nuts but yeah, yeah. it was like
1: i think like that third like so you guys got their games started out like a wednesday early evening after yeah. afternoon like i think it like pretty much rained until thursday night and then i think it was pretty much clear mm-hmm. the rest of the time luckily um I, I but yeah it was, was 100- a solid like 20 like our whole reward day was i think most challenges were doable but it definitely i mean like you know, again, for the survivor experience, it's fun to kind of be like in a thick of it. But like when we had these really like cool elaborate challenges that kind of like just don't look as pretty when it's like, you know, right. almost blackout level rain, it's just like, Oh, this kind of like sucks, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. And you know, obviously mother nature, we can't control. Um, but right. you know, whatever.
2: But yeah, so that's what happened with the, the rain coming in. And then we had that like little segment of challenges. I know this all stemmed from a question about like strategy, but anyway, um tangents we had this challenge and yeah so it's not even recorded it's like if you watch the episodes from our season there's no documentation of this at all but we competed in this challenge and someone actually died we
1: way to replace them so in case you kind of catch that later that's what that. Yeah, like. yeah it was
2: really unfortunate but uh we strapped a wig on them so they went off without a hitch it was actually we named them the same person um we were supposed to get in pairs and i don't really remember how this panned out it was like I, I think it must have, this is where I feel like I must have had a conversation or something with Leah at some point because like immediately when you were when we were told, hey, get in pairs, like she just I think we both looked right at each other and we just like locked eyes and we were just like, all right, let's do it. But we were asked to split off guy and girl pairs, so three pairs from each tribe and uh, it ended up being me and Leah. I think Adam Kennedy and Bree and then Rachel and Scott. And this could also be where a lot of that stemmed from strategy wise after the fact. Cause I don't, I truly don't believe we had any or much time to strategize. Um, by the way, pro tip just for anybody who, um, goes out and plays. But the first thing I did, especially based off of the rain is we got these crates for our tribe and I tossed, I, they give you like bags and things too, but I put all of my extra clothing, socks, pair of pants, um, T-shirt, all of that in my bag and then tossed it in the crate. And I left it there until the rain stopped. Um, It was really nice to have dry clothes later. Anyway, I uh, ended up pairing with Leah. So we walked off into the wilderness together. And of course, that whole time you're having strategy talk. Like, why wouldn't you? It's like the one time we've had since we've been here to really talk to somebody. And basically the whole like, oh, yeah, yeah. You watch me, I'll watch you. Who else do you vibe with right now? And so it's kind of this like discussion of like we both liked Adam Kennedy he seemed to like Brie all these things. So we went off to this challenge and like Ryan said, it was this like trivia challenge. So we competed in that and we actually won. Um, we got first I think it was first and second got a prize. And so we're presented with two bags in front of us and one was small, one was big. And I think mine and Leah's simultaneous first thought was just because it's bigger doesn't mean it's better. We weren't allowed to touch them. We just had to look at them. Once we picked one, we had to go with it and we, uh, I think we just weren't considering what the options might be, but we saw the smaller bag and was like, oh, probably an idle clue. Let's just do it or whatever. And so we grabbed it thinking it was going to be great. And when we opened it, it was a flint, and this is—we already had two. I'm almost a hundred percent sure my tribe had two flints already. Yeah,
1: that's—I I, I almost lost at this point. <laughs> watching this happen,
2: and those are those moments that I'm sure some of the people watching are either looking at, it's just kind of wanting to like be like, "I'm so sorry," or I'll well, like back to your
1: point about like before like prepping the game, like overthinking. I mean, like, grant that's probably not a bad idea to have. like, Oh, the bigger bag probably isn't the better thing here, but you'll explain that it, it was.
2: Yes, yeah, the funniest thing about it was that the big bag was a fucking tarp. <laughs> so, when you think about what happened to my tribe is we had, we were the only tribe without a tarp, and we were the only tribe that had more than one flint, and so we ended up getting a third flint and we had zero tarps still. And that was the thing. So, and this is why I know Ryan was the handler there because blue Tribe. So at the time it was, it was Laura and John Hamer. Um, they were there with us and this is where I got to meet them. I think the other people, Oh shoot. I'm not going to be able to remember. I think Evan might've been there. I, I'm really trying to remember who was from the other tribes, but I know specifically Laura and John, cause we both, we got first, they got second. So we took the small bag, got the flint, and then they opened it, and it was a tarp. And the look on their face was like, "They're like, we don't really want this." I'm like, "Fuck you guys! Like, we don't <laughs> even have a
1: tarp." Yeah, basically. So, yeah, yeah, so Bryce's Stripe has like zero tarps, three flints, <laughs> and they like live in a swimming pool. So, put do the math, they like <laughs> they're just. <laughs>
0: it was just like it was one of
2: those things that at, at a certain point, like almost I had to just laugh at it. Like I think when we opened it, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, it just, all right, and we're laughing about it, but, of course, later on, I'm sitting there going, like, actually, I'm, I'm more upset now than I was, like, before it was just funny, now it's like, okay, this is not funny. Um, but, yeah, and we tried to exchange, and then Ryan looked at us, and he's just like, you can't exchange, you took that one, and we're like, <laughs> really? Like, you're not going to let it, and he's like, sorry, I was, I think he was told that we couldn't do that or something, I don't know, but... Yeah, um, there, there's
1: sometimes there are like rules we don't always like. I mean, like I don't think there was a, a clear decision. I think it's you know there are some things that we don't like. We don't we you know we can only plan so much, and we're like if the players give us or throw something at us, it's like not. You know in our kind of playbook it's kind of like it's kind of an off-the-cuff like call and i'm like well per the rules the person who chose that bag that's what they get so like no you can't get the other thing now so it's like i was like i don't take a dick but i'm like those are that's how this works you don't get to like choose one and like trade for the other one like no this is no this is not that
2: and i want you to see the spongebob meme when i say this but per the rules god that was so frustrating i i just remember what spongebob
1: meme is that
2: Oh no. I'll turn that- it to you later. No, never mind. Whatever. Um, but they uh I remember in that moment though that Ryan told us that and I'm looking at him just kinda of going, like, don't you want these interactions? I mean, obviously it's self-serving, but um in that moment I, I I really was just more upset at that point. I was like, Really we can't exchange anything? And of course that was like the one thing we needed and we had it there to grab and we did it. And I was just I, at that point, again, it was just one of those things where it's like, all right, I guess this is just, we just have to like succumb to the fact that we're just not going to have a cover tonight. Um, cause literally every opportunity we've had to get one, we haven't been able to get it. And so leaving that challenge, of course, we're like, all right, well, hopefully nobody's like mad at us. I, I don't think we were ever considering like that. Maybe our tribe members would think that we were hiding something, but literally we were coming back with Flint and that was it. And, um, yeah, so that was frustrating. But as far as like strategy panned out, we're walking back, we're talking. I think Leah and I even spent some time on the way back, like taking our time and just looking through tree trunks and any like holes, things like that, in order to see if we could find Maybe there's
1: a fourth tarp out here we can miss. Um,
2: right. <laughs> Maybe they just left one on the side <laughs> of the road. Um, just out of pity. But yeah, it was one of those things where we took the time to look and like, I mean, if all we get out of this is Flint, if we can maybe get like an idol clue or something, that'd be great too. Of course we didn't find anything. And so we just head back to the tribe. And <clears throat> I think then we found out that the, what was it? Cause it would have been Scott and Rachel went and competed. And later we find out that they actually had a fake hidden immunity idol, but I think they just told us that they ended up getting, or maybe they told us that they didn't win. Or I think they told us that they won, but they didn't actually tell us what they won. And if, for whatever reason, that never just like sent radars pinging. I, th- I think at that point, there's just still so much you're thinking about and processing that. And you just kind of, I'm kind of that person who just naturally wants to believe people. So if you tell me like, this is how I feel, I'm I'm really not going to, second guess you unless you give me reason to. So in that moment, I think we just kind of let that gloss over. And then I think Adam and Bree didn't win whatever challenge they were doing. So it just felt like an overall loss for yellow tribe. And, uh, so the strategy from there, I think, I think at that point, Scott and Rachel kind of got tighter, Adam and Bree got tighter. And then me and Leah got tighter there. Um, and then leading into the night, obviously we just had like the most miserable night, uh, In my life, for sure. Um, But kind of like what Ryan was saying earlier, it's one of those things that after the fact, you're like, oh, wow, I did that. Like, you feel kind of empowered in a way and you feel like you can do anything. But in the moment, it truly was like, I I was laying there at night and really contemplating, do I want to walk out? Like, that's kind of where I was at. And that was one of those moments that I said, sometimes you kind of look at it and go, oh, wow, now I get this. Like, why people do this. But yeah, in that moment, I truly... Like, that's a thought that crossed my mind.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was the single worst day of weather we've ever had at Survival Challenge. Yeah, we had some, as we mentioned, a decent amount of rain. And Season 8 is the rainiest season, but it by no means ever matched the intensity of the rain that we had. Yeah, I guess it was was close with that
1: tornado warning-esque um they yeah. shelter for that crap <laughs> you, well i mean yeah, yeah gonna, we, we had them in the garage entire duration of it. um but just i know even when they, when they went to, when i went to back to camp though i still feel like it was obviously dark and wet and stormy but i think even by the time we, we got them back to camp it wasn't so much like it was raining but it wasn't like it was more thundery than it was like raining at that point it was but i feel like right. yeah i feel like this first night of 2018 it just was like heavy 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 rain for hours As well as when we kind of get back in the morning and we're kind of like, all right, well, hopefully nobody died. We'll go check on them and get this thing going. Let's
0: hope. Yeah. Oh, man. So going into that next day, what were some of the highlights for those reward challenges for you and your tribe?
2: Mm. So I think kind of piggybacking off that, I mean, this is something I learned about my tribe is I think despite the, the obviously negative situation we're in, I mean, the most miserable camp life, compared to the other tribes, probably. Um, we still had laughs like there. And I would say maybe for like the first hour, hour and a half, you know, it's like when you go to summer camp or something and everybody's talking late into the night and nobody's sleeping and you're just excited and all these things. And then I think about an hour, hour and a half in, it really sets in with everybody. Like you just notice everybody kind of gets quiet. Um, and kind of also something to note, which kind of set me a little more on edge. I mean, I I still always intended it if we stayed in that original tribe to probably work with Leah, but she was definitely there to play the flirt card, and um, and that first night, just to kind of add to the miserableness of it, she like made sure to sleep next to me. She cuddled right up into me, and the whole time I'm literally sitting here going like, "You're 18, like you you're like a minor to me, or whatever." And I was I was so uncomfortable. Not to mention the fact that, and this was not known to any of my cast members until after the game. But I'm also a gay man, and so to have like a woman like. I mean, it doesn't like gross me out or anything, but it was like just uncomfortable to have her. So it almost felt like very intentional, very like aggressively trying to cuddle next to me and stuff. And I was just not there for that. And so it was like on top of this downpour rain, I was uncomfortable with this person next to me. We made camp on a slope and we were sliding down. So the next morning I woke up and like my lower back was just torn apart Um miserable night i think the minute i saw sunlight i shot right out of our camp and just like went out for a walk i was like i'm not you when you lay there for six straight hours i mean it there's only so much you can process and do and you just kind of go stir crazy it's miserable and um of course like i said i had that moment of like do i even want to be here um of course i i knew if i also decided to leave the game i'd kick myself every day after so I, it wasn't going to happen it was just definitely a thought that crossed my mind but um Going into the next day, I think what was really great, and I even made a note of it when watching the episodes, but I totally forgot about the first challenge that we did. My tribe actually came in first. And I think looking at the other tribes, like sizing them up, knowing my tribe now, we had like, like Rachel was just wacky, goofy, and you learn more and more about that as the season goes on. But like, she was just this really quirky personality. Scott was very reserved, not necessarily athletic. Um, Adam Kennedy was like, I think probably talking about smoking a cigarette within like the first hour of getting there. And then Leo would not shut up about food. Like it literally the whole time. And, and then it was one of those things that you kind of look at your tribe and I'm sitting there going, like, I I almost felt like I was on like the Matt Singh of survival challenge. Like I'm like, it's going to like, I felt like the Malcolm and then we had all these people and we're just going to keep losing and all these things. So I was like super pleasantly surprised that we, really went out there and i mean like way ahead of everybody else just we won that first challenge and i think it was a good morale booster especially from the night that we had everybody felt horrible for us i mean everybody kept saying that and and like i even there was this moment in the episode that i watched where like john asks my tribe you know how was your first night and i give him like this i don't think it was intentional i probably wasn't meaning to but there's like this death glare that came from my eyes and i'm just like I can still feel that. Like I remember what it was like that first night. So then to come in the next day and reward day, expecting to probably just be subpar, really not do that well considering we grabbed the pot, the first challenge, it was rough and all those things. And so super exciting going into the first day and just really kind of like proving ourselves. um, My tribe- I forgot
1: to ask, did you guys end up making fire that first night or no?
2: Oh yeah, no, we had like three of them going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't think anybody could have if they wanted to even with two tarps i don't think it would have been possible there was not I, a feel like, I feel
1: like jill was i think she was close i feel like
2: <laughs> i feel like every piece of wood that was out there was soaked um yeah it was it was not key and i and i feel like looking on the episode i feel like my tribe more than any really did, didn't even spend the time to make a, a proper camp like I felt like everybody else really made a, like a home and all these things. And we took like leaves and branches and just threw them on top of each other and called it a day. So it was like, uh, just when you, if we were on the real show, my tribe definitely would have been the one like the dodo camp, like, and everybody else bought
1: it too. I remember like you guys, cause I, I was, my, like OPA was kind of that initial, like, Oh fuck tribe. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so like I, I was like I've, I've been here we weren't i wasn't there in like the pouring rain but i was just watching every, just like watching everything like spiral and like snowball yeah. downward i'm like i i relate to this greatly
2: <laughs> you're like oh here we go again um but, yeah. but, but, but but same thing though
1: like that first challenge the next morning after like we get our asses beat the first night we come out and like blow everybody out of the water the first thing so like all right now we're we're not maybe not the worst tribe anymore Yeah.
2: Well, no, and it gives you momentum for sure. And I think it's something you go in and you're, I don't know what the expectation would be, but all of a sudden it happens and you're just like, all right, like we're competitive, like we can do this. And you know, I've been a part of soccer teams that were fantastic. I've been a part of soccer teams that were like literally shit and you, it's a mentality. So like no matter which side of it you're on, if you're winning all the time, it's about not getting cocky, staying humble. But if you're on the losing side, it's about not losing the, the positivity and finding the light in the little spaces. And I feel like that's what Tocho is really good at is even when we lost, and this came from Leah, this came from Rachel, um, like just this positivity, even when we were down, like they would still, and Leah's probably been like a cheerleader at some point in her life, I'm sure. But like, um, oh, she has been, cause that's one of the challenges that we did. She told us that she was a flyer or whatever they're called. So um, that came in handy, but yeah. So it was one of those things that like, we just, I think our tribe was just really good at, staying positive despite what was going on. But the, the, I mean, I think one of the first things Desiree told me afterwards was she, she swore, she might've even told me this in the game, but she swore that we were probably like real survivor players. I don't know what about our tribe looks like we played on the real show, but like, I think we looked so misfit to everybody that we truly, like, I don't think anybody really had us on their radar. And then once we had the whole pot situation and things stolen, I think everybody just kind of felt bad for us. So, um, I'm sure everybody was cheering us on that we got first that next day. but um, of course, the reward day is meant to just be this opportunity, right? For like everybody who's playing, you paid, you traveled. Um, we don't want to just like eliminate you right off the bat. So here's kind of like a day for you to take it all in, enjoy a lot of our really well made, well-established challenges and and you know, also have a little bit of competition. And there's usually a prize, so like ours was, Um, what we found out later is like a little feast sloppy joes and things like that. But, um, yeah, so coming right into the reward day, I don't know what my expectation was other than excited to play and see what we've got and all these things. But, um, and this was probably the only strategic thing I had going into the game was I, I, you know, I didn't know what my other competitors would look like, but again, like I I felt like I was probably going to be one of the more in shape people out there. Um, If I competed at like my hardest, I probably would be able to do well in most of the challenges. So my goal was really to come in and and really lower my target as much as possible, or at least just not like be middle of the pack kind of, um, which talk about all that later, the regrets and things. But um, but going into it, that was a, a goal of mine was just kind of like stay low, coast, and then if I can make it to the merge, that's when I would hit the ground running. And uh, so going into reward day, I wanted to compete. I wanted to do well, but I wasn't willing to put myself in any positions that would cause anybody to look at me and go like, oh, shit, this guy is doing this. Or everybody knows who I am now because they saw what I did in challenge A, B, or C. And um, so that was, like, my main goal going in. So reward day was definitely, like, do what we can, but never put myself in, like, any hero roles or, like, do or die roles like that was never my intention so um so like going in i really was just excited and uh you know we had no idea if we would remain in these tribes or not so it really was just do what we're gonna do if we win great if not i mean no big deal we'll just keep playing and and just enjoy the day and stuff and you know you get the the little um times in between challenges to to talk to people and uh and well, mostly your tribe. I think you guys worked really hard to keep us separated this season, which I think you guys decided you didn't want to do. Cause the last two seasons, I think had a lot more interaction between tribes um, probably because of the way our, our whole game ended up panning out, but that's a later conversation. But yeah, so uh, it was a good day. Um, obviously appreciate that as just even a player, but just somebody who takes value out of, the experience it's like it's nice to know that you at least don't have a a a, you have a day that you're not worrying about am i like is my game going to come to an end before i even get started so
0: um yeah and uh i'm sure it was nice to have something else other to do than just be stuck at camp as well during the weather you know if it's going to be raining at least you could be playing some challenges right no
2: and that's and i've talked to people recently about this just different different people from the last few seasons and stuff. We were having like a little game night and it was, it was like, would you rather have had the torrential downpour or the ridiculously hot heat? And I think at least me personally, if I had to choose between the two, I mean, yes, that first night was absolutely miserable. I wouldn't want that again. I mean, I I've done it once. I would do it again reluctantly. Um, But like at the end of the day, I'd rather compete in challenges and it's raining than to have sweltering heat and, you know, be doing physically taxing things. Uh, it, that would definitely be my preference. So I, I liked the way it was and depending on the challenge, but you know, it, it was kind of like that misting that you were talking about some days it was just, or some challenges it was rain, rain, like downpour. There were other times where it was just like a, a little mist that just, you know, it, it wasn't intrusive or anything like that. So, but I would definitely take the rain over the sweltering heat for sure.
0: That, that's funny. Cause I would definitely take my heat season over your rain season every day I think yeah. it was definitely not I mean it was fun in its way in its own way mm-hmm. but I mean it I, you know neither situation isn't necessarily fun to go through but yeah. at the end of the day I feel like I could be more optimistic about the situation with the heat than the the rain I don't know maybe I mean, it's just me I think mentally, like I mean, the, yeah, I think like the rain
1: is I mean, like the heat is more like taxing on you physically while the rain mm-hmm. is more taxing on you. Emotionally, emotionally and mentally. So, kind of, yeah. Yeah. If if, you know, depending on what you'd prefer to like suffer through, I guess is that's your preference. I would definitely, yeah, I'm with you, Will. I would say, I would. I'd rather be hot because you can kind of like find shade or just like maybe just like sit down. But like, you know, the rain is just like, it's just there. It's just whether you're standing, sitting, hiding, not, it's like, it's just, yeah. you're just wet and you can't, yeah. you know. And
0: sure, the heat does affect you mentally as well. It may make you slower to think in some ways, but just like the rain, I feel like when it's that consistent, it just puts me in such a like downer kind of mood that it's hard to recover from without some appearance of the sun. And we, by the way, not only was, even though it wasn't the rainiest season by definition, we did not see sun till I'm pretty sure Sunday. It was at least overcast the entire time until Sunday.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely had split decisions between the people who were talking about it. Like I think me and maybe one other person was like, prefer the rain. And then the other people were like, no, definitely the heat. So it's, it's, I mean, everybody's going to have their preference. I, I guess I would say too, like if you gave me the option of like during reward day, would you rather have heat or wetness? And then in the individual portion, would you rather have heat or wetness? I would choose the heat for the individual portion, mostly because when you involve weather like that, wind, rain, you know, it's wet, slippery, those kinds of things. There's lots that could go wrong just due to the weather. And I'd rather have like clear skies. It's just, me and whatever I'm doing that is either the cause of me winning or losing. Like I wouldn't want weather to impact potentially losing a, like an important challenge. So like during the reward day, I definitely appreciated the, the rain for the challenges, but like during the individual portion, it, it didn't rain at all I don't think for like the last day and a half or two days. And in which case I was definitely appreciative of that. Like I, I, and and also I was just so sick of the rain at that point, you know, you get to a point where you're just like, all right, we're done with this. Like, can we do something else? So I think that was also just, we had like two halves. It was like the first half was all rain, rain, rain. And then the second half was, and it wasn't even sweltering heat. Like it was just normal weather. Um, So I liked that a lot, but yeah, I, I mean, I was the same way in soccer, soccer games. I'd rather be running in rain or mist or whatever cloudy skies than have the heat just like blasting on you. Um, It just makes, for whatever reason, I feel like I can run longer. I can, um, focus better. I can do more. I, I don't know. So I, I think I would thrive a little bit better in that kind of weather, but definitely not while sleeping. I, I would never choose that ever again.
0: Well, after all these challenges, you guys get back to camp for not a long time. And for you guys, it was a good thing. Uh, I know some other t- tribes were torn as they feel like they were really hitting it off. I'm sure for your tribe, you guys were thankful that something was changing. Um, And just to get the hell out of that camp.
2: Yeah. You're talking about the swap?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: I was taking notes of a few things because like um, the the swap in particular, and I I truly can't remember. I mean, this is kind of the hard thing about doing this almost four years later is like I don't quite remember my thought process half the time. But um, when we were initially told what we were supposed to do each tribe was asked to pick one guy one girl they're very like that was it like they they never explained will we come back what do we bring like what is this for it, no matter how many questions we asked it was just one guy one girl figure it out any way you want to and in the like the video while i'm watching it looked like i was reluctant and i think my thought process at the time because this is probably, I mean, I've been called risk averse before, as far as like survivor playing goes, where it's like, I'll usually kind of take the safer path instead of like taking the risks. But um, I want to say my first initial thought was hell no. Like I'm not, uh, this could be like, I get swapped to a tribe that's established of four. I mean, you would think that they wouldn't do that, but there's also times that I think that they wouldn't do this and then they do. So they being like production. So it's like at the end of the day, I can't assume that they're going to not potentially screw somebody out of, you know, out of the game. Sometimes it just happens that way. So I, I didn't want to take any risks that early. And like I said, like I was really trying to just downplay myself. I wouldn't, I felt like my strategy would have worked for a while, unless if for whatever reason I was swap screwed and it just was what it was. Cause in a game like this, it's moving so fast paced that sometimes your name comes out of somebody's mouth, it gains traction. And no matter how much you do, you're not going to reel that sucker in. And so at the end of the day, it's like, I don't want anything that would put me out there. So I want to say that my first initial thought was truly what I saw on the screen the other day, which is just not really feeling it, not really wanting to. And so I, I think even with that, the guys in my tribe, so me, Scott and Adam Kennedy decided to do some sort of, I remember Scott told us it was like a finger game. It was like, you either put one finger or two and whoever's the odd one out gets eliminated. Um, and from the looks of it, I think I was the first one who was the odd one out. So I think I was chosen to go. And I, you can hear me ask Adam, like, do you want to go? And he's like, kind of or whatever, do you? And I was like, not really. Somehow I ended up going anyway. And uh, And then the girl that was chosen was Rachel. And, of course, out of all the girls, I'm thinking, like, this is not the person I wanted to end up with. Now, I was also fully prepared. I'm more of, like, an underdog person. Like, when watching the show, I cheer for the underdog – um, I don't like cliques. I don't like groups of people who just go with each other because it's the easy thing to do or because they're all, you know, this type of person or whatever. So I was even fully prepared if we stayed in our original tribes and happened to go to tribal that just to throw them a bone kind of thing, if if it truly was that we were going to go for Rachel and or Scott right away, I was processing, do I tie the vote just to make sure I'm not like eventually on the outs myself, like, you know, kind of take the game into my own hands, but I still didn't necessarily want to go with Rachel. I really hadn't talked to her. Didn't really know anything about her. I just knew she was kind of quirky. She had said a few things that I was just like, is this really coming out of this girl's mouth? And, but like, in a funny way, but I didn't know how I would fare. Like if we're on another tribe together, we have zero relationship right now and that's not great. Um, But we walk off and and, like, literally, Bree and I had just got our fire started, too, which is what pissed me off even more. I'm like, we literally started this. Like, it's, like, a good, fun moment. It's finally dry, and now you're taking me away. And so we walk off, and we get put with um, – it was Jack and Jill from Apizi, the red tribe. And then it was Evan and Desiree from uh, Ago, the green tribe. And then from Blue to Tonka, it was – um, Greg and Jen <clears throat> and like I said earlier like we had zero interaction with most of these people unless if you saw each other at that summit challenge um, really had no idea other than watching them compete so like I distinctly remember Jack a few times and this kind of is funny because watching back he literally was in every single hero role every challenge that involved like an anchor or puzzle. I mean, the,
1: the dude was but, just straight fire man
2: oh yeah <laughs> No, I mean, it was funny to me because that was the exact opposite of my strategy, and I felt like that was more maybe his age coming in. I think he wanted to, one, just probably prove to himself I can compete. Two, I think because of his age, I think he wanted to come in and and really, you know, he wanted the, the stardom, the spotlight, and those kinds of things, which is not bad. I just go that was the exact opposite of what I wanted, but literally every single challenge with red – he was the shooter or <laughs> the puzzle doer or the anchor, like literally everything. He, he was, was a cut.
1: jack of all trades.
2: Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I, but I was, I was watching this and I actually started to just cackle. I'm like, Oh my God. He like, had, I don't know if that was his strategy or if that's just ended up what he ended up doing, but I'm like, he did the exact opposite. So he's the only one when I went into the swap tribe, but I was like, I, I rec- like I, I appreciate him or I could potentially talk to him because I was like, I know who he is, but literally everybody else. And side note, it was kind of funny because when I first drove in to Survival Challenge, um, I was like 10 minutes early or something. And I think Jen and Lou, I think, were the ones who like greeted me and they chewed me away because it was too early. But as I was driving up, I saw somebody in a red shirt and I was thinking like, oh, somebody else's tribe. And I recognized who it was and it was Dr. Jill. And the first thing I did was call. Cause again, at the time I was dating Jeff Barner and I called him because he had told me, I mean, this is after all the, the Zeke stuff. And I definitely don't want to talk about that, but just kind of like, it was right after that. And he told me that Dr. Jill was very supportive and just like kind to him and stuff. So I was like, all right, this is going to be something I could potentially use if I wanted to. Um, But I saw her go in. So I was super excited to see that she was playing. Unfortunately for her, it was she was the only survivor. And so that put her on the, you know, just kind of the outskirts always. Um, But anyway, so she was there. So of course, I recognized her and I was excited to be with her because she was like somebody I go, I would for sure work with her. Um, But yeah, so uh, other than that, though, I really didn't recognize any of the other people. Most of the times I was doing the challenges during reward day, I was like canoeing in a lake alone or things like that, where it's like, I didn't really see a lot of the different contenders. So we show up to this spot and we're all just sitting there and we're like, all right, well, we're just going to talk and do whatever. Obviously no expectation. It could be another challenge. It could be one of those, like you're each going to compete for a reward for your tribe or something like that. So I don't think anybody was initially jumping to the conclusion, but I think the more we sat there, the more we're just like, this is probably our new tribe. Like this is probably where the game starts. And uh, sure enough, John eventually comes over, has this big old smirk on his face, and we're like, all right, we're in it. Like, we know. Um, Let's just do this. And so we got our supplies. And yeah, no, for me, I'm 100% thinking like, all right, this is not like a new lease on life. Like, I truly didn't think I was going to be in immediate trouble with Tocho. But when you're in small tribes, really anything could happen that swings anything in anybody's favor. And next thing you know, your first or second boot whether it's deserved or not. Um, and so the, the bigger the tribe, the better I feel like. And, uh, so yeah, so we ended up becoming the new blue tribe to Tonka and we went back to their camp, which was muddy as shit. And it was horrible getting over there. And once you got there, there there's literally nowhere that was like not muddy, but, um, yeah, definitely a, a good change of pace. And I think that was the first time that, you know, you're, you're doing all these things, sleeping, just general talk walking around gathering stuff and this is the moment where you're like all right game is on it's real let's just like you go now like go strategize go talk this is where it happens so it was exciting for that reason for sure
0: it's crazy how you go from that situation to unbeknownst to you at the time best scenario you could have ended up in uh, because even Is though tribal no? councils were right around the corner, you didn't have any tribal councils for quite a while.
2: Yeah. Um, blessing and a curse, right? I So something looking back on, again, no control over it. At the time, didn't seem like a big deal. Later on, didn't seem like a big deal. But then at the end of the game, I think the like one of the things that I processed going like, could this have changed the game completely? Jen quits, like, right after we swapped that night, I don't know what was going on. I mean, even in the videos and I remember talking about it all the time, but she was like obsessed with Dr. Pepper. And I think she was just having withdrawals if that's a thing. Um, maybe Kathy and I think was we- even
1: calling Jill, Dr. Pepper and Jill's like, girl, you're losing it.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, it was a weird thing because I think all of us were trying to figure out like all of a sudden she just disappeared. It's not like she gave us some indication like, Hey, I'm not feeling well she also just like leaves. And at the time we're also doing like, we're walking in and out doing confessionals and things. So, um, this was our first opportunity to really do that. And so at that time, I think nobody really thought anything. Nobody realized it, which it's probably sad, but whatever, like nobody goes, Oh, where is she? I think we all sudden she was doing a confessional or something. And all of a sudden the night comes and she's just not around. And we're all just like, well, where is she? And, uh, finally they came back and told us that, for whatever reason she's decided to back out of the game and you know at that time you're kind of like well that sucks like we're down a person what does that mean for us all those things um but you kind of just roll with it right it's not like you can like hey can we talk to her for a second to talk her out of it which maybe if we could have maybe we would have like like at least stick it out if not for you for us whatever um but she backs out of the game. So we're immediately down a person who knows if she would have been helpful to any of our games or if she would have been our first boot if we did go to tribal or anything like that. So I think that's more the thought is she could have potentially been a first boot, but now if we lose, we're going to have to figure out something else. And, and of course, then Greg is alone, um, from the original blue tribe. And so that probably shakes him a little bit. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was kind of a weird thing. And then we just go on this winning streak and, And this is one of the things I'm talking about, about like underestimating people, because even, even Jill, like I wouldn't look at her and all of a sudden go like, oh wow, she's threatening, but she knows there's, there's something to be said about prepping for challenges. And that was something we got in spades and something that we really benefited from. Cause like at the end of the day, yes, we had people with various skills. We had people who communicated and worked well together. But at the end of the day, I would say a lot of the reason why we were as successful that, that day of, of challenges was because Jill and Evan were both really great about uh, challenge strategy. And that's something that definitely should not be overlooked. Um, Cause sometimes people find, I mean I'm sure you can look up montages of people who have like, you know, skirted the system in real survival challenges or like really just took a different type of strategy that just panned out really well. And I feel like both Evan and Jill were really great at that. Um, So we lucked out in that regard. Um, and from the, basically all day long, we became that tribe, you know, we're the powerhouse tribe that now everybody by the end of the day is looking at them because we have all of our people intact. We never went to tribal, um, killing it at every single challenge. And, uh, and I'm sure as the other tribes start to dwindle, it's like they more and more get more bitter about like, we've been to tribal two, three, four times now, and you've not been once that leaves an impression. And that's not a great way to go into like the future of the game. And, and I mean, kind of fast forwarding, but like the way that the second swap panned out ended up working in our favor as well because of the way that it it was designed, but if it would have just been a natural swap, I'm not really sure how I would have fared otherwise. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting to watch that. And, and honestly other things like you, yeah, she leaves the game. So how does that change things for the future for us? Like if she would have stayed, maybe we would have lost a challenge and we just voted whoever out, or maybe we never, yeah, lost I was always teams.
1: curious. And because I mean, I was, I mean, Jill was like, number one target from the very beginning just because of who she was which is unfortunate um, no i hated that but terrible. i mean what what would have like those for like okay say i mean i guess well i'll, I'll just say for the sake of it what happened like so it's like like let's say that jen still leads the game is down to that seven that are there remaining how do yeah. you like how would you have foreseen? i mean i'm sure you, you had a plan at least like how would those first like maybe three votes like, did you have like a fourth in that seven to kind of lock that in or like, was Jill like an obvious like? I don't know. I know you've mentioned to me before that you wanted like work with Jill, but like, was that yeah. completely off the table just because who she was, or was was she kind of like number seven? You kind of had to find your own other three or four. Like, kind of, I'm just curious. I don't like. I've probably talked to you about this before, but um, sure. just kind of if it's like a podcast, it's kind of like you know for people wondering, it's kind of what was the plan there? Had things not gone so great for you guys?
2: Yeah. So I think. This was the hard thing for me because I truly do believe if we would have gone to tribal with that seven, that might have been where I tanked my game, um, like, right at the onset. And the reason why is because I I think, again, underdogs, especially when they're unrightly made, like, in that case, like, I think I was very frustrated that everybody was so, like, petrified of Jill – And this might also be a thing for me, right? I was dating somebody who was on the show. I've seen behind the curtain. I've met plenty of other survivors and I just realized that they're just normal people. So for me, Jill was not any different than somebody else. And at the end of the day, and this is where I go, if like, even in a future season, you know, we've had people like Katie from our season played the year before. And we knew that, um, uh, uh, Donna came back and played in 2019, but she had already played before, but and and who knows i don't know the all of the details behind people's choices to align with who but it, even with past survivor players it seems like there's this initial like oh they've played before they've had this experience already so we should just target them and i, I just would never suggest that i mean do it's good for your game but in this case i was looking at jill as somebody who like is going to be a target so why wouldn't i keep her around She's good in challenges. So why wouldn't we continue to keep her? And then on top of that, she was talking to me and planning with me and things like that. And, and, and that's the thing is like, I initially, so I noticed this in the beginning episode, but like Jack walked with Justin back to their camp, holding the crate. And that's when they did their strategy talk. When we swapped, I grabbed the crate and Jack grabbed the crate. And so I feel like that was part of his strategy is take time wherever to get toxin and it's smart. Like there's not lots of times that you can have one-on-ones without it looking suspicious. So you got to take those when they come. But for me, I had kind of bonded with Jack on the way back where I got good vibes. He made it clear he wanted to work with me, all these things, you know, where that came from, who knows, it might just be a vibe, but it was what I had. And then Jill was somebody who I already knew I would want to work with and then hearing how badly people were already targeting her made me want to work with her more and at the end of the day I want to go with people who work better for my game or who I trust and there's people who after talking to them hearing things from other people that I just outright didn't trust and Evan was one of them Um, and and I think it's it's nothing that he does I think it's who he is because the way that he talks about things like and, and I know people have said it before, like even, even Desiree mentioned it in one of her confessionals, but it's like, Evan is, like I said, really great at challenge prepping. He's really great at challenges. Um, now I don't, I don't know across the board, you know, how he would do in like a physical this or whatever, but anything mental related puzzles, um, anything that allows you to strategize beforehand to come up with the best optimal route. Like Evan will probably beat you nine times out of 10. He's just good. Um, but he also liked to let you know that he's prepped for these things. He likes to let you know that he made the printout for this puzzle and he's done it 30 times. And that's why he can do it in 10 seconds. Like Evan was very vocal about what he did to prep for survival challenge. And so it already put a lot of people on edge. And I would say he was the one person I was looking to potentially target if we went to tribal, mostly just because he was the only one who wasn't giving me like genuine vibes and I did just listen to a confessional right before this that he was talking about where he thought I was like playing really hard and he didn't trust me and Rachel but what I didn't know and this is what would have changed everything if we went to tribal um, but Rachel and Scott were at the summit challenge that challenge that wasn't shown with Des and whoever she was with which I think was Dion but I'm not really sure I think it was but I guess what had happened there was Desiree and Dion got a real idol and Rachel and Scott got a fake idol and they all came up with this plan to then, I guess, tell the opposite tribes that they had the fake one and the other tribe had the real one, you know, to keep heat off of them, yada, yada. So Evan was under the impression that Rachel had a real idol and, because I was paired with her, he assumed I also knew that she had it. So when I never mentioned anything or talked about it or had any idea of this, he thought I was sketchy. So, you know, it makes sense now, but at the time it didn't, like, I didn't know any of that, but if we would have gone to tribal, it sounded like Des's plan was to have me and her and Rachel and Evan together. And we would have been the four. Um, because they all had this secret together and it made sense to keep it within the group. Um, of course, I wouldn't have known that. My intention going into the tribe was not to like ditch Rachel, but again, I had zero relationship with her. I truly was just like, if if letting her go benefits me, I'm totally willing to let Rachel go. Um, of course, as the game progressed, that became less and less what happened. But at that time, I definitely was like, I'm looking to expand my game group up with different people. I don't need to stay with Tocho or anything like that. And then as the challenges went on and we saw who got eliminated, like the first person eliminated was Bree. Right after that, Adam was eliminated. And then I think third was even Scott. So I'm like watching my original tribe just like go down one by one. And I'm sitting there thinking like, shit, like, is this, like are all the other tribes have they talked and this is what's happening. So that goes through your head. So I don't know what would have happened. I think it would have been chaotic for sure. But at the end of the day, I feel like, des was looking out for rachel in particular and because rachel was connected to me i think i would have been safe for a minute um but my initial plan would have been to go with jill and jack Um, or at least that's what i would have wanted to do it would have made most sense to me because rachel's not a threat compared to me desiree's not a threat compared to me evan's not really a threat compared to me but jill and jack would have both stood out to where i felt like i could have blended in a little bit more if i kept them around so um but yeah and then if if and if Jen would have stayed, I don't know how any of that would have changed. I feel like it would have made things a lot more muddy, but that's not what happened. So,
0: Any uh, personal highlights when it comes to the challenges you did on that day? Oh, shoot. Um,
1: I'm trying to did think you, of was something. There, there was a food challenge there, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, no, you set no, out that one because I, I don't remember. I don't feel like I ever seeing your face in a plate.
2: No, I did not. Now, now looking back at what the items were, I feel like I could have done it. But me and Desiree, right away, like we made it very clear to everybody. I think even before the feed, the food challenge came up, like probably when we first met everybody, we made it very clear, like we will compete in anything. But Des and I were both like, if there's anything food related and we have the chance to sit somebody out, please set us out. Like it's not going to go well for you guys um so when that challenge then showed up we had already talked about it it's not like we just came up with oh we don't want to it was like literally our tribe knew we would suck here we were still adamantly like please sit us out because we have the ability to do so and that's what they did so yeah we didn't compete in the food challenge um yeah it's really uh, funny
1: because i tocho being like i mean not, not to i mean <laughs> You know, motors the strongest. Men if not stronger sometimes, but like I remember, like the the, the women on Toad Show. Like I think immediately, it would have been Justin and was Adam still in the game? With oh, Army Adam was still. Yes, yeah, so it was uh, like between Justin That's Army and they're like, oh no, we can't do this. All the girls were like. You're gonna make us do this gross food challenge. <laughs> and they did it. it. was great. I just like it was so funny. Like they're like are two, like these, like, you know, really athletic, strong guys, like, oh god, I can't eat that gross. <laughs> it, yep. just, it was yeah. really funny. It
2: was, for my tribe, the first person, I think there was five plates. So we had two sit-outs, because there were seven of us. So there was five plates. Ours was the easiest to hardest. It was um, Rachel, then it was Evan I'm pretty sure and then we had I I just remember specifically Jill was like I literally have zero gag reflex so I can just eat the hardest thing and so we're like all right that works so I know Jill was the last for us um and then the other two Greg ate like the anchovies I think and then the middle one was kimchi and that was Jack the infamous kimchi um everybody's favorite picture of Steven too but yeah it
1: uh I uh, about that that challenge so after so um, we talked about like Jack being young. So Jack like literally turned 18, like f- five or six days before the game games. Mm-hmm. Like, so like 18 is a minimum age. Like if you're, if you're under 18, you can't play. Um, but we do allow people to apply with their 17, as long as they're going to be 18 by time. Day one of the game starts. Um, so Jack was like fresh, like out of high school. Like a month out, like, I think he graduated like maybe two weeks before turned 18, mm-hmm. Um, I think this is probably, I'm guessing it's probably his like first ever, like solo trip away from like his parents, um, who both yeah. you know stayed at home. But, um, I think I told him, I, I think he and I connected before the game. Um, I think on Reddit or something like that, but like I did, he was playing, he knew who I was. Um, just got, like similar to Bryce. that we had a couple like chit chat exchanges. Um, but I told him like, Hey, I know you're coming out here alone. Just like you can give your mom my contact info just in case, you know, anything happens or she's, I don't even know if, you know, if she was for some reason concerned. Um, but I never heard from her, but that challenge though, Jack was like, he must've been like gagging. or maybe he like on the feed, it like looked like he was throwing up. And she either messaged, I think she either messaged me directly or messaged message like the survival challenge Facebook page, which I also have the message access to. She was like, Hey, this is Jack's mom. Is he okay? He looks like that challenge is really giving him problems. I am like, oh gosh, like his his poor mom sitting at home watching the computer, like, how is my like child doing out there? Um, but yeah, I'm like, no, he's fine. I just it was kind of some gross food. I think he just kinda, you know, didn't go down great, but he's 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 kicking.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I I don't even remember. I know I had a Facebook group to get money for support, so people knew that I was playing, so there was people tuning in to watch me, but I don't know that any, like I, I, that sounds like something my mom would do kind of not in my later years now, but like definitely if I was 18 to 20, like she probably would have even told me not to go. And I feel like I think it was Jack who told me that his parents didn't want him to go. Or maybe it was Brendan. One of, didn't one of them. Like mean, even, well, Bre- no, Brendan be-
1: didn't even tell his mom and dad. He, that, that, that was, that's what made his yeah. story so insane. Yeah, because he ended up the hospital. And I was like, hey, mom and dad. So I'm in the coma. <laughs> <laughs> um, even, yeah. even at like, you know, 23 when I played. Or when I applied. I'm like, even as I told my parents. They're like, you're going to go do what? I'm like, I know it sounds really weird and creepy and strange. But here's all this right. video and like website. It's, it's, it's legit. I've got, you know, resources that can vouch for it. Um, but yeah, I mean like explaining it to like anybody, I mean especially if you're like on the younger side. Even at the time, you know, even twenty-three, I really hadn't like done any like solo traveling. So it's kind of just like, yeah. are you gonna be okay? And I'm like, I think so.
2: <laughs> I think I'll <laughs> just... <that'd> be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, saw, yeah, like yeah.
1: I'm sure there's I'm sure they have a medical person there.
2: <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I mean <laughs> yeah, I'm playing with Dr. Jill, mom will be fine. <laughs> um it's it's funny though, because again, not really something many people would understand. Like, why are you doing this? Where are you going? Like you know, people tune in and watch. And then I think they then understand it. Like I, I know friends who have played who have then told me like at the time people didn't really watch survivor and watch survivor, but didn't understand why I was doing this. And then they watched it go down and then they were either hooked on it or they even were just like, I understand you now. Like that was amazing or whatever. So it's like, it's an interesting thing when you're not in this kind of, world and again i hadn't done anything like this before um so it almost didn't even make sense to me but i it was like one of those things that once you're finished with it or even in the midst of it you're like all right this is legit like i get this but yeah so it, was, it being in those challenges and honestly my biggest fear whether it was on the real show or even in this but it would be like getting injured to the point where i'd have to like bow out so i think there was also part of me that was trying not to do anything and and you guys don't really do many challenges I think the one time I really was worried for anybody was William. Your guys' season when you had to run around with that log. I was terrified for you guys. Like, this is the moment that somebody's going to all of a sudden get like. Yeah, we all oh, we, we had good some good close
1: game. encounters with the the like. I think that was the first challenge where like the leader, the, the cheerleader thing, was like the block stacking because like if you're like on the ground, yeah. those blocks come down. Like that's oh, kind of yeah. I, don't, I think I think we've done that one more time. Like, honestly, we may have retired that one because we're kind of like we didn't have any injuries there. But it, it that can one go personally
0: bad. scares me. I was it does. Like, I mean yeah very it's one nervous of those, watching um, that challenge.
1: I mean, I, my, one of my seasons, like almost like killed somebody with like a cart by drowning them. So that was a close <laughs> call. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, it's I mean, we we do our best to make things safe and we, you know, obviously visualize and plan these things out But those big little things. You're like, oh, I guess I could have hurt somebody, but didn't, so we're good. Um,
2: well, I I mean, even watching the cart, I mean, probably one of my favorite challenges just because I think that was the first challenge. I'm like, oh my God, this is like elaborate. But, you know, when you have to make the wheels, put them on, wheel the cart through the water and stuff, but you have one person who's at the front of the cart but like running backwards and you know it's raining it's wet and I I was like watching it today and going like all it takes is one slip and that cart's going at full speed and next thing you know you're run over and like who knows what happens at that point and I'm like I just never would want that for somebody and I and I definitely wouldn't want that for me that was always my biggest fear but yeah no as far as like the challenges that are concerned for at least that day to be quite honest with you I can't remember I remember the food eating one I remember the maze challenge. Um, I think the main one that's probably like a highlight would have been the, the one where the like four people from your tribe swim out or three people, maybe I can't remember, but swim out and get a torch and put it in, like they have to like pre-build a fire essentially into that, into that pot. And they put the, the flame in it, um, light the fire and then they're supposed to bring it back without it going out. And then they drop it off to the fire makers. And me, Desiree and Jill were the fire makers. Um, Again, one of those things where it's like something that I had kind of prepared for, I wanted to do. So we were the designated fire makers and we like really just blew everybody out of the water there. And I think that might even been our first challenge of the day. I can't remember, but it really set the tone for where else. And I was like, all right, this is cool, like, you know, first, like, major win in the challenge, like, it feels good, and then we just kept winning, and it was, like, I don't think in my mind I was thinking, "Uh uh-oh, what are they going to think of us? Like, I think I truly was just, like, hey, as long as we're not going to tribal, like, I'm totally fine, Um, and and I don't think that that really had any repercussions on how the rest of the game panned out, again, mostly because of how the swap ended up working. But, um, at the time it was never on my mind of just any negatives. It was mostly just, obviously you're just going to be happy that this is where we're at and we're winning. And, you know, at any point we could lose, but we just never did. And, and again, it's like Jack put himself in the hero role. He's doing the calling. So we're going through the maze. And of course there's an idol in the middle of that whole thing. And, and I think me, maybe a few people noticed it prior to the challenge, but I don't know if Jack did or if he just didn't want anybody to go grab it because he easily, everybody was blindfolded. Like he easily could have sent, like if he trusted me enough or something, we could have talked about it and I could have said, hey, send me to go get that. Who knows? Um, And again, that's one of those things that I think you're not necessarily mindful. It's your first time out there. You're really trying to not do something wrong. You don't want to lose all these things, but there were plenty of opportunities to potentially do stuff like that and uh, just didn't take them. And of course now wish I did. But, um, anyway, so it's, it's just one of those things that we, we kept going, kept winning. And you have this, like a PZ tribe swap tribe. That's like slowly deteriorating. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't say that we were getting like booze or anything, but I think people were kind of sick of watching us win. Like, I, I truly feel like at some point people are like, all right, you're literally winning every challenge, but there's some that we, I mean, honestly, honestly
1: I, was, I was, I was telling John, can we like rig this, one of these challenges to get them to go to travel? This is so boring.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, and I get that. And I, obviously that's something that happens when you're at home too. You have that one tribe that's a disaster tribe and they become the underdogs and you root for them. But then the other tribe is the one that wins all the time. They probably don't get airtime, have a lot of boring personalities or whatever. Not that we did, but it's like, that's kind of how it goes. And you just immediately start rooting against them just for the sake of like, let's just see what happens. Um, and I mean, I was prepared for it, but I definitely didn't, you know, you're not looking for a tribal necessarily. Um, Uh, And so I think maybe at some point, I'm sure there was discussion of like, should we throw one just to, you know, I mean, I'm sure that was a discussion that was had. I don't remember, but we obviously never did because we won every single challenge in that stage of the game um, up until the second swap.
1: It is another to think about that. So I know it came into more play the year after where, you know, they, the tribes hit that merge where, you know, Zika was like the kind of like the biggest, you know, numbers. Right. Right. I think it was like the numbers were like, what, like four, four, three, you know, is it five, or like five, four, yeah, had, three, something like had, that. I
2: think they had Five out of their six that went to that first swap or five out of seven or something like that.
1: Yeah. So like at that point it's like, you know, whenever it comes to more, it's like, well, we're going to target the people who have the most numbers. It's like, yeah, go if you guys, mm-hmm. you know, we're anticipating another swap to come, it's like, I don't want to be uh, coming from the tribe that won everything because like, you know, if I'm at, if I, even if that's evenly split between red, yellow and blue, red and yellow is going to be pissed at blue. So it's like, you right. almost, it's, it's definitely, it's, I think, um, you know, I, it's, it'd be hard to like throw a challenge, especially if you felt like you were, you know, not sure where things were, but it's definitely one that, you know, it, it could be end up longer term, better move than just like winning, winning, winning.
2: Yeah. But I mean, also how many times in the real show have you seen somebody throw something feeling confident and then they're the ones who get booted? Yeah, like, I feel you know, like what, generally
1: it never, it. I feel like generally just some like, you know, just trying to think of it quickly. I feel it's like it almost, cheating. it more so doesn't work out. Um, but
2: yeah, I just, yeah. I, I think it's just always another one of those things where I never wanted to decide to throw a challenge thinking it'd be smart and then either get eliminated because of it. Or easily we throw one challenge. Great. But the other two tribes could still be like, all right, well, let's still go after them because it's a thing to gang up on. So it's like we still could have been down one number, but overall still been a major target. So it's like we might as well go into full numbers. And obviously it ended up working out for us. But yeah, in that in that moment, I don't think it's something we were considering. And I think me personally, I was still looking at people like Jill, Jack. Um, who would probably be targeted before me to dwindle the numbers. And then at that point, the game might flesh out more. So I, I, I would always rather take control of what you can take control of. And then when things happen, then adapt to it. And I think that's kind of just always my gameplay there was just don't throw something just because you, you're worried about how things are going to go. Cause there's cracks everywhere. There's going to be something that can be done potentially, but it would also suck to swap. And then you're just like a default target because well, you're a prominent member of that original tribe, you guys won all the time, and we just can't let you have more numbers. And sorry, there's just nothing to be done. At that point, then I would definitely have wished that we would have thrown something, but it didn't work out that way, luckily.
0: So how did the swap end up working out for your game? And do you have any thoughts on how that went down for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, and then again, thinking off the top of my head, just because there was that, that puzzle that we did where you had to slide it in sideways, but there was like one person designated for that. Um, and of course, Jack took that role also, but that was the one challenge. I think <laughs> we are very close to losing. He almost blew it. And I think it was just very fortunate that Steven, I don't, I think he did it, harder. Harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it pretty much came down to that, right? Because a PV was down to like their final four people. They won the challenge before that. It was like a great moment for everybody. Even us. I'm sure we were like cheering for them out of just like happiness for them. But then, they were the first ones to complete that challenge. And it was down to us and um, Tocho at the time. And yes, Steven just happened to blow it way harder than Jack. But I mean, you're sitting on the sidelines. there, going like, Oh my God, just figure this out. Like it's, you can look at it from afar and realize the issues, but when it's up close, it's harder to see. But yeah. So coming off of that, it was one of those things where like, you know, we realize we're still big target. We have all our members intact and who knows what's next. And then all of a sudden we're told about this swap and, The interesting thing about it was, I mean, and this really could have panned out any single way, but what ended up happening was we all grabbed chips out of a bag and two of the chips had numbers on them and whoever got the numbers were captain number one and captain number two. Ironically, the two people who grabbed those chips were Jack and Jill. Um, And this is kind of where things probably... Again, the way things fleshed out, and it kind of paved the path for itself. But this is probably where I would say the first mistake was made that would have been detrimental to any of our games. Was the very first thing Jack does when he becomes the captain is asks John boldly, loudly in front of everybody, "Can I talk to Jill really quick?" And I just remember, like, like in my mind, face palming. I'm like, "Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me!" Like, don't you're like drawing attention that we're like trying to play the game. And it, it's like, it was one of those moments where we're like, shoot, if they didn't think we were together now, they definitely would.
1: Um, yeah, that was, that was definitely 18 year old Jack. Like, oh, can I consult yeah, with, yeah. can I consult with Jill? <laughs> Jill even tells us to this day, she's like, she just wanted to be like, Jack, shut the fuck up. You just right. ruined
2: everything. <laughs> no, I know. And it truly was one of those moments. I think every single one of us were saying that in our heads. Like, I, I can't even remember who was beside me. I'm sure like I turned to Des or somebody and was like, what is he doing? Like, Literally, that's the moment that you have where you're like, oh my God, uh, cool, way to paint a bigger target on because all of of that.
1: Because at that point, I mean, you're going to be in two tribes of eight, presumably, and you right. only have seven amongst yourselves. Like, at most, you're going to, I mean, I guess it will kind of work out when I guess one tribe had a solid majority, but it's like, worst case scenario, you guys are split up four and three. And now it's like one tribe's a tie and the other tribe's like, like you're done. So just like that whole move of like Tatanka strong is like, hi, we're here.
2: (laughs) Right. Like, hey, we've been winning everything. You're already pissed at us. But just so you know, we're also planning to stick together to the bitter end. (laughs) It's like, all right, dude calm it down like really and if, and you know like you said it worked out but then uh, even well, worse worked out for
1: you then, yeah J- jill and evan got the really wrong I mean, the deal even
2: there worse than that is when you if you're jack and you're like being cognizant of it and you look to the right and you see that the other captain is somebody from your tribe now you know that you're at least going to be split you know it's like we're not going to have all seven of us on one tribe so in this case you're going all right at best i'm And you know that Jill's also probably going to fight for some of her tribe mates that she connected with. So at the end of the day, you know that likely you will only get maybe four of the original tribe. Like you said, it's like you should know that this probably isn't going to be, all right, Tatanka to the end. This is going to blow up. So, um, and this is honestly where I feel like one of those moments I can't, I couldn't have controlled and I don't know what Jill's thoughts were necessarily because her first choice was also not even a Tatanka person. I'm pretty sure she chose Justin first, but I almost feel like if Jack didn't pick me first, I very easily could have been the one that like Jill's first choice. Um, just because I had connected with her a little bit to the, like, I feel like I was probably the only person outside of Jack that was really giving her any indication that like, yes, I would like to work with you. Um, And I think she, I can't remember what she told me. We had like a one-on-one conversation at one point, which was really good. And I flat out told her, I'm like, I want to work with you. Like, I'm not scared of you. I'm not worried about you like the other people are, but I would like to work with you. And I think she, she lied to me and she told me that she had received because she was the only survivor player and they, they wanted to give her at least something I think she told me that the first tribal she attends, she had an, uh, like a hidden idol that she could use for the first tribal or first, like one of the first three it had to be used or something along those lines. So I already was like, I want to work with you already. But then she told me that and I was kind of like, okay, well that just gives me more reason to work with you. But at the same time, it felt kind of like you didn't really have to tell me because I already said that, you know, We anyway. So I feel like based off of that conversation and things, I got a good vibe, but I I feel very very lucky that jack chose me first otherwise i i do feel like i maybe could have been the one on jill's tribe and potentially swap screwed because i think every single tatanka member that went over there got eliminated oh well it was just her and evan right
1: <laughs> yeah it, was, it yeah. was just those two yeah, every single yeah. one of those two people
2: <laughs> um, every single one of those two um yeah but even if there was three i don't know that it would have changed the narrative much there i think it still would have ended up that way um but this is also where I feel like lots of mistakes were made. I mean, things could have gone differently. And, you know, obviously it's it's easy, safe to want the majority. And, again, it worked out. But this is also where I just felt like like by the time the game was over, I truly felt like there was no game that I really played. And so when I'm on this new tribe, so Jack picks me first. I think Jill picked Justin. And then Jack picks, like, you know, we're consoling and he picks Greg. And it just went down from there. And we're left with, I think it was Maria, Rachel, um Hannah, I, I don't remember who the last few were, but I know it was for our pick, it was literally our last choice was either between Rachel or Maria. And I think this was more Dez was probably vouching like pick Rachel, pick Rachel, but I truly was like, let Rachel go over there so they at least have more people. Um we have four, we're we're fine. Like we had we had the people that weren't original or from our Tatanka were um, Laura. Kathy and, um, army Adam. Adam. And so it was one of those things where we already, we already had people like, I guess if you think about it, if we stayed strong, we had people to target. Um, again, I guess it makes sense where might as well at this point, just get a majority of five and not even worry about it. But I was more thinking like, I want more people. Like I want to build different relationships and things. Like I'm not necessarily looking to just ride this to the end. And somehow we landed on picking Rachel, and and again, seeing how the whole game turned out, I think often, like, what would have happened if we picked Maria there? And then we ended up scooping Kathy up really quickly, so I'm like, we easily could have done all sorts of different things instead, and the whole game would have completely changed. But anyway, so yeah, the way that the swap ended out with the captains and stuff, and I don't know your guys' design when deciding that, but... It, obviously you couldn't have known that one tribe specifically would have dominated that whole portion, and you also wouldn't have known that the two captains were going to be from that tribe to make this. Oh tribe. no, because it was
1: all it was all one bag, I believe, with the chips in it.
2: Yeah. No, and obviously it's like it's not something that you guys can plan for. You it just yeah. walk you just watch yeah, the I mean, I
1: like. I mean I mean even if the captains were from like not the same Tatanka, to I still almost I mean, I feel like you especially ended up fortunate there. Cause I feel like, say like if there was one tocho and won a pc cap i feel like they probably would have like almost stacked it intentionally so that like they would have like you know the, yeah. the four 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 three divides so that way they'd have like for sure one try they're gonna like get rid of three you and the other try be maybe fighting for you know maybe yeah. even a rock draw who knows but i think yeah, yeah you definitely you lucked out there because i feel like if you ended up you know just one more person over on tocho um that would have totally been one tribe would have been like a pretty quick slam dunk, you know, boom boom, boom that that, that four, four ended up one that'd have been a nightmare to. So basically either way, Tatanka would not have been in a fun position.
2: Right. And that's the weird thing to think about, too, is because again, it, I mean, for TV's sake, like the way it panned out was was boring. I mean, it just continued on that same line of all right, the same tribe is just continuing to like, you know, basically steamroll their way through. They have a majority of five against three and what do you think is going to happen? Like, uh, you know, and so it's like, even looking at it, I'm cognizant of this, but at the same time, I'm not going to blow up my game just to appease potentially like viewers and production. Like you still have to play your game, but looking at it, it was one of those things that like, yeah, if somebody else would have been the captains, they easily could have stacked it in a way maybe they saw me as a threat. And you know, I, I still don't think I was very front and center, but maybe more so than I was in reward day where they could have easily been like, all right, this is our chance to take Bryce out. Cause that's kind of why we picked Laura was because Greg was apparently fed way misinformation by Jen. (laughs) Wait, which, and she ended up quitting. So it ended up not even like he, she didn't even stick with him. And then he found out later that it was all false. And then he also became Laura's best friend out of nowhere, which sketched everybody out. It was like a whole thing. But he was apparently misfed information by Jen that like Laura had gain, got a group of people that were targeting him, and I, I truly don't know where that came from. I yeah, it was just so funny. Cause
1: I mean, obviously knowing Laura now as well as we do, it's like she was not the person who's going to no. be like. Maliciously backstabbing and like plotting all these like sub alliances. It's just funny like that's what came to be yeah, like immediate yeah. reputation. And then,
2: he, and then he painted this picture of Laura to us, and then of course, then you watch the tribals back, and she like cried almost at every single one. Felt so bad about like voting John Hamer out. She felt terrible when we voted out like even like people like Adam, things like that. And I'm like I, and that's the thing is, and and I wasn't like so sold on Greg anyway at that point where it's like when Laura showed up, I actually really enjoyed her presence. I enjoyed her. I had met her at the summit. So there was that relationship that I wanted to keep. But yeah, it was, it was a bizarre storyline. Like, I mean, it it would have been like a three episode arc or something like that on the real show, but truly where like Greg despised Laura and he asked us to pick her so we could vote her out. And of course we're not going to be like, no, we don't want to do that. So of course we picked Laura basically to be like a sacrificial lamb for Greg. And then she shows up, they talk about it, they hash it out. And next thing you know, he's like, I don't want to vote her out anymore. And we're like, uh, okay, well, why? Like what changed? And, you know, so it was one of those things where who knows how things could have panned out differently, but yeah, I I mean, I was very fortunate the way that it went, but at the same time, like I think I was looking long-term, big scope, big game, like who can I work with? And then basically every single person, and again, this is kind of how the game ended up the way that it did, that I wouldn't have been able to, picture this later but we kept all the same people within our same tribe constantly and never branched out so by the time we got to the merge and this is way fast forward but by the time we got there nobody knew each other like everybody was like i'm meeting this person for the first time like there's i mean even to this day steven's the one person on my cast i've literally never met like in person like i've never shaken his hand um I've, I think I've played games with them before where I've like talked to him, but he, I like, it's somebody I've known technically for four years. We played in the same game and I've literally never brushed shoulders with the dude. Um, and that's kind of how the, the thing panned out just because of the way the swaps worked. I was pretty much always with the same group of people from the original swap on and didn't have many relationships outside of that. And that's again, something we couldn't have anticipated, which is like if we would have kept a Laura or kept, um, you know, even in this case, in like a jack or whatever, there could have been other avenues for us later on. But at the time, we're just thinking, how do we keep our trust in our alliance and keep that strong? So yeah, um, going into that second swap, it definitely worked out in my favor for that portion of the game. But maybe for the entire game, it actually was far more harmful than I actually knew. So
1: yeah, it so kind of guys kind of like just basically built yourself in like a corner where like you know you're ties the other tribe i'm trying to get i'm trying to think like what would have maybe helped you again with that merge being um you guys i mean say even if you still went down five four like you did i almost wonder if like maybe even jack could have like worked something with his history with like maria justin or courtney um that's
2: what he says i but i knowing jack now and just i mean seeing how he was kind of trying to play the game at the time like i truly don't feel like like if if we were on a sinking ship and Jack had that avenue, he would have ditched us 100%. Like, and and, and even more so now than yeah. ever, because I feel like he's just played more games and learned a lot. Like, that would be the smart thing to do if it's self-serving. But I don't think, like, a lot of us, like me, Des, Kathy, like, Rachel, like, we all went down on a sinking ship. I, I mean, obviously, there wasn't much room yeah. to wiggle anyway, but, like, Jack I mean, would Yeah, I guess mean. the only thing
1: at that point was, like, if he had played, like, that... I guess we're they had, but like this the idol, you know, would have had a bigger oh, impact okay. there, but kind of reversing a little bit for like, I feel like your guys, t- those couple tribal councils, though, I feel like they were like pretty, even though you had just picked up Laura, um, I feel like that was like a pretty emotional tribal council. I remember watching the episode a couple of weeks ago, but like y'all just look sad. And like, I mean, I'll, I mean, my, my, I, I, my heart broke just watching her too. She was especially so like, just, you know, defeated. Like I mean, she knew yeah. she like, this is, this is where I'm going to go. And I, there's just nothing else I can do about it. Um, yeah. and then even like you know jack kind of like had a lot of a big emotional reaction to his vote out as well and, like i'm really like, giving them like both hugs after they like were just immediately mm-hmm. out i was like was getting emotional too because i was like yeah they just they just wanted to like stay in this so bad and just you know were just completely knocked down
2: yeah um lore for second chances by the way but yeah we can backtrack a little bit because i there are a lot of pivotal or not even pivotal points necessarily but definitely like things in each tribal that I would love to talk about um, from the time that we swapped for the second time. I guess, should I just start talking about those now?
0: Yeah, go for it. Okay. Okay.
2: (laughs) I guess I'm like waiting for a question, but I realize you have no idea where I'm going with this.
1: So So, I think Um, I thought you going to like set yourself up there for your own prompt.
2: (laughs) Um, I lost the question. Then I have
1: no further questions. Thank you.
2: (laughs) So we got the second swap and I can't remember when this took place. I don't know if it was right after the person got eliminated, but something from our season was whenever, at least during the pre-merge, whenever somebody got eliminated, they, um, were asked by Andy in their exit interview like if you could give an advantage to one person who would you give it to um like basically who would you want to have an advantage in the game and so everybody who got voted out got to pick one person could be somebody they never met somebody that they basically just met or whoever it didn't matter and um I don't know if the clues were given to us right after that took place or if they were all given at the same time or what but basically depending on how many people said your name you would get an additional clue each time and I found out later that this was for, I'm pretty sure it was for a vote steal. Um, which I I seem to understand that Andy's gotten a lot better with his clue giving because the ones that we got in our season were so fucking cryptic. It was like, I, I think I got the only one clue that Leah gave me. And, uh, which then looking back, I'm bothered that I didn't get some from other people, but whatever, that's a different point. Um, but the one that I had said something about like a lighthouse or a light or something. And like, literally that was it. Um, but it, I think my clue said, actually, I think I have it right here. Hold on. Uh, no, I think that one got super wet actually. Whatever. Anyway, it was, it was some cryptic note about like when you, tonight you'll have an opportunity to grab something and it's by a light, yada, yada. And, I don't know what it was. I I read it out loud to the camera in my confessional, which when I'm reading out loud, like I'm really not paying attention to what I'm reading. I'm just reading it. Um, So that was the first mistake is not actually paying attention to the clue. So I got bits and pieces of it. Then my confessional was done. And then I went back to my tribe and I didn't want to be like walking up or passing somebody. And I'm like reading a, a note. So I tucked it in my pants and just walked back to camp and I never looked at it again. I just knew I was looking for something tonight. And my recollection, because I even remember pulling Russell aside, Russell was just one of the handlers. Um, but I pulled him aside. This is like after Tribal that night and everything. And I was like, hey, so do you know when somebody's supposed to come get me? And he's like, for what? And I told him, I was like, I got this clue that said tonight I'd get an opportunity for this. So I assume somebody's going to like take me to some place to like potentially win something. And he's like, I have no idea. So he pulled out his phone to bring up the light and I read it and I was like, you got to be joking me. I was like, this is like from the challenge or something. And I completely blew it. I was not even paying attention. And of course we're doing that stupid disc challenge that I hate and, um, wasn't even paying attention, but apparently there was like a loose brick somewhere in that fire pit that if you were ballsy enough to go look for it, there was like an advantage in there. And, Of course, everybody's like facing each other in a circle and things. There literally would have been no way to go grab that. The only thing I could think of is like tossing my shoes toward the fire saying that I was drawing them off and going to pick them up. But I would have had to know exactly where it was at, exactly what I was looking for. I didn't even know it was for the fire pit. So I was like, whatever, moments passed. But I, I, I think Laura ended up with like four clues and even she couldn't figure out what it was and, you know.
1: I yeah, I think that. we always have like, that hard line. We don't want like you know just to like f- give things away, but I think that's like I think we forget that like you know what we think is like cryptic is like to someone who's sleep deprived, food deprived, their brain just scattered as is. It's almost like trying to like you know read braille from across the room. Like it's just not right. gonna, like that just doesn't doesn't register in people's brains. Right, and
2: that's the hard thing about it. Is it's like and I get that too, especially when you're when you're writing clues you have a vision in your mind of this is where it's at so I'm gonna write a clue based off of this but that's assuming that we know exactly where to be looking or something like that. It's like I yeah it, the, the game's moving so fast and you're in the middle of the challenge you're more worried about like are we gonna win this shoot, oh no, we didn't win and you and then immediately you're just jumping into conversation like you have no time to like all sudden run back you know if I would have known, it was at the fire pit. Yes. We could have walked off and I could have be like, Oh shoot. I forgot my shoes run back and then got it easy. But like, I literally had zero idea. So it was, it was one of those and again, I only had one clue. So who knows? I, I wish I remembered any of the clues or what they were. If I like, maybe if I would have had two or even three, I could have potentially put all of those together. But I, I also based off of, I'm, I'm just, I don't think I'm that kind of person. I'm not like super cerebral like that i'm not always on the lookout i'm more focused on the task at hand and then when it's done we won relief all this stuff but um i guess kind of another backtrack because we when we sat out for that food challenge the other two people who sat out for their tribe was adam um army adam and katie so me and Dez had time to talk but i can't remember who it was i want to say it was chris um i can't remember his name your friend chris handler um
1: Oh, Page, yeah.
2: Page, I wanted to say Price. Yeah, Chris Page, he was adamant about not letting us talk to anybody. It was almost, like, upsetting. I just remember leaving going, like, gosh, this guy literally, like, won't let us do a thing. Um, but during that challenge, Des and I were trying to talk to them, but we could see that that idol from the maze challenge was still sitting in the maze. And we were all, like, you could tell all of us were starting to, like, back up. We were all watching it, watching each other. And again, in that moment, I wish I had the balls to just go and snag it, but of course you don't want to do that when everybody's, or potentially other people are watching. So Army Adam ends up like walking through the maze, snagging it, walking back. And right then and there, we were told, I think like Kurt, the handler was with us and he was calling it in or something going like, Hey, they found this. What is this? And I think initially, I think it was John or somebody else, but they basically said like, take it away. Like, no, that was meant for the challenge only. It's dead. So that was the last that Des and I heard about it was like, Oh, he grabbed this. It's out of play. No big deal. Come to find out he was given it back, but they didn't notify the people who were there to witness it, which makes sense. You don't want to just tell a bunch of people if you aren't sure, but like Des and I didn't know that it was back in play, but all of a sudden Adam had that idol back in his pocket and it was active. and We had no idea. So fast forward to our first tribal, it was the first night tribal, which was like super exciting. To be a part of but the thing was the other tribe was sitting in with us so it was us which we were tatanka so or not tatanka we were a peasy at, at this time so we're in red and then the other tribe was tocho yellow so we lost the challenge the disc challenge it was super painful um of course every time that survival challenge montage comes up for like apply now and stuff my face grimacing i hate looking at it but um it was really and my arms, oddly, don't, like, straighten all the way. So, it was, like, super painful for me, like, right in my elbow. It just doesn't go. Wait, your
1: arms don't straighten all the way? What does yeah, that I'll mean? Show
2: person, I'll show you in person someday. But, um, like, like, if my arms are, like, if I turn my palms face up, you'll notice that, like my, like, my arm only goes so far. So, it looks like it's bent, but it's not. So, this whole time, like, I keep getting yelled at for, like, not having straight arms. So, I have to, like, contort my arms in a way that... <laughs> Anyway, it's just not my kind of challenge. There's, yeah, a, there's no. a
1: joke in there somewhere.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, I'm sure, um, probably with a wrist. Anyway, um, so you know. I'm doing this challenge, and it's just so painful. And of course, you're trying to do all these things, and you hear Rachel talking about trains, and Greg and I are trying to talk to the camera just to alleviate any pain. We're just joking around, saying literally anything to the viewers back home. And then it gets this point, you know, where everybody's silent, and you can just tell everybody's focusing. And, you know, you go through it as far as you can and eventually we drop. So we're going to tribal. And of course, the first conversation is literally like we have five, like why? Like it's basically, let's pick one of these three to go. And I think pretty much the people in main contention, Greg didn't really want to target Laura anymore. So basically is it Adam or Kathy? And Des had formed a strong bond with Kathy. She didn't want Kathy to go. Um, that was kind of a consensus. So it was pretty much just on Adam. And this is kind of where I feel like also, Jack's game starts to go really downhill because we go to this night challenge. And again, this the other tribe is sitting across from us and they're getting to listen in and after all the questions and things, they're given the opportunity to vote to give one of our tribe members a some sort of advantage. Of course, it's not coming to anybody from Original Tatanka to because why would they want to benefit us more than what we've already done? We have a majority. There's literally no reason. So they ended up gifting it to Laura, which is probably one of my favorite moments in our season when she (laughs) kind of going back to like me I'm like asking Russell like what is this and it's like I didn't even read it correctly but Laura goes to vote and she was given this advantage by the other tribe and she opens it and reads it and I have it like a gif of it saved on my phone because it's just the most hilarious thing but she literally just stares at herself like at her hands for like I feel like 30 seconds and looks up and just like So is this the same as this? And she's looking at the advantage that she just got and the clues, the four clues that she had from the challenge. And there's this whole montage of her at her voting confessional just going back and forth with production of like, no, this is not the same thing. This is totally different. She's so confused. And we had decided at the time to go for Adam. But when you have the other tribe across from you, I think there's a lot going through your mind, which is like, okay, do we – Um, like how much do we really give away? Like, we kind of know what we're wanting to do and everything kind of blows up because Adam Bradford, army Adam, just like brings out his idol that we thought was gone and he whips it out and basically like, I will give this to whoever. I think he even said specifically like Jack or something. I don't know exactly, but he's like, I'll give this to you if you don't vote me out. Um, and we're kind of sitting there like, all right, I think Jack, glimmer in his eye all of a sudden was like all right maybe we shouldn't maybe we should let him you know whatever and so but we had all decided already what we wanted to do we didn't want to switch it up so jack does all this maneuvering this is literally in front of the other tribe and i think this is where both our tribe starts kind of panicking because like oh this guy is gaming a lot harder than we thought and then the other tribe is also witnessing this and they're probably viewing him the same way and uh laura also has this advantage and i think it was was it a double vote, Ryan? I think.
1: Except yeah, I think she got two votes out of that.
2: And it's not something she had to use right there. Like, she could have used it whenever. And I remember sitting, talking with her about it, because I was sitting next to her, intentionally. I was like, I wanted to be with her. Like, oh, wait, no, it wasn't like
1: a block vote or something like that? Because mm-hmm. she, set up, she set up this, like, I'm going to block Adam's vote.
2: Maybe that's what it was. And she was very concerned. I think he even vocally said, I'm voting for Laura or something. And so she was panicking about it. And I told her, I was like, no, just let it go. Like he said, he's not going to play the idol. He wants to give it to us if he survives. Like I wouldn't do it. Like I, and I don't know. I mean, obviously when your life's on the line, it feels a lot different than just somebody who you're sitting next to. You kind of only really known for the last hour is telling you don't do it, save it. So of course she plays it and I can't fault her for that either. Um, but she plays it to, block his vote. Adam doesn't play the idol. He just ends up going home. Um, and then that kind of just starts this like snowball for us where the next challenge that we played, we got steamrolled. And again, this is more to do with like, I think Jill and Evan just being really great at prepping for challenges. Cause I think the next challenge was the one where you had somebody on that plank and you're pulling them to grab the flags from one corner and putting them into the slots. Um, and we chose, what we thought was the smartest, which was Kathy, the lightest person. Whereas, I mean, Evan's also pretty light for how how tall he is, but he has these ridiculously long arms and he was able to just do it so quickly. I think we got maybe half the flags that they did by the time that they were done.
1: Yeah. He was kind of like the wacky waving inflatable and flailing two man with that challenge.
2: (laughs) Yes. And, and that's something I didn't consider. Like, Maybe it would have been smarter to put Jack, but Jack's so much heavier than Evan, I think, and so it, I don't know it would have worked the same way. I think it was just that just was unfortunate. But we got steamrolled. Of course, we lose again, and at that point, we're like, "What do we do?" And our decision was to split the vote. So we our primary target was Laura, but we split between Laura and Kathy. And this is another moment where I go, "I wish I maybe would have just taken my game into my hands," and I wish I would have, because I was on the split for Laura. And we put Greg on Kathy intentionally so that in case he did change his mind and want to keep Laura, that he wouldn't switch his vote on us. So I already knew that that was kind of a thought that people had and we were trying to prevent that. And I, again, my whole plan was not to make waves. I didn't want to intentionally bust anybody and then have everything come crawling down on me. So I just went with the plan. But I wish I probably would have gone back and just voted out Kathy, switched my vote, and then just taken the brunt of it. Um but Laura goes, and yeah, it's super sad. Even I was like, I remember she the whole time she pretty much knew, and she's like crying already at Tribal, so already you feel terrible. But I remember she got up, and the first thing I said, to, I mean, I like hugged her so tight, and I just told her, I said, I cannot wait to hang out with you after the game because just we vibed so well, and we had this like late-night conversation thing. So I was like so excited to just be her friend. Um, And so... I hated that- you guys
1: so much, though. I was literally... That was, that was the second time of the season where I almost cried and went home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one was for the rain, two was for friendship.
1: Um,
2: yeah, that, vote, that vote was not fun for me. Like, it was one of those that I felt like, all right, I have to do this because it's just what we're doing. But looking back, especially just with how, like, how much I love her, I'm like, I wish I would have done something differently because I 100% would have rather i mean no offense to kathy but at this point like i just go i would have much rather had laura with me in that merge um i think uh, for many reasons but yeah i i feel like that was my really my first big mistake where i should have taken things in my own hands but at that point i probably would have incurred the wrath of desiree and at the time she was definitely more calling shots for our tribe like it's pretty much what des said people followed suit and kind of hard to make waves there knowing that I'm not in trouble now but I could put myself in trouble and Laura doesn't really owe me anything so at the end of the day it felt like the smart thing to do at the time but yeah, no hard. I think that was the hardest vote for me all season um, and then it was I, and I felt even worse for her because she told me she got voted out of the game you know, crying, all these things and then got cleaned up, came over to the the challenge and like right when she walks up, she's like eating food or something and we won. And she was just like, you gotta be shitting me. Like literally we've lost everything I've been on. Like she was on that losing tribe all day. She was down to four, never really had an uphill. Like it was always just this like downward spiral for Laura. And then finally we vote her out and then we win. And so of course she's like, is it me? Like, am I the reason? So I felt bad for her for that reason too. Um, but yeah. And so we won that challenge and I don't really, re- really know. I, I mean, obviously Jill went first. Um, and I think that was the slingshot challenge, which was probably my favorite moment of the season. Cause we were really like, we were just losing, losing, everything was going bad. And then it was kind of like a do or die where it's like, truly, this is the six we wanted to go forward with at this point. So it was like, we need this. And, uh, yeah, we won that slingshot challenge. I was like the first time I felt like I truly stepped up and I was like, I'm doing this cause I, we're not losing again. And we did that slingshot challenge. And yeah, I think you can actually see me in the episode, but I'm like laughing because Justin was so terrible at it and he could not figure out how to shoot it. And, and I know Stu, I listened to his podcast and he was talking about how the slingshot for him was also a really sore spot. Um, and, uh, it was just giving them trouble. But yeah, I I just remember this being like the highlight. We were just so down and finally we we won and it was just this big upside for us and uh, in like a do or die moment. So we won. I want to say Jill went out first um, and then that kind of started our winning streak because then we won the second challenge, which was also like super tight. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. Oh, it was the maze one, right? I think where we had to carry that big old maze through the obstacle and then the pool ball situation. Um, So we won that one, Evan went home. So of course we're all looking at it like they're clearly coming for us. We gotta keep winning. Um, And then I think the next challenge was another, like this one was like the tightest where there was various different things each member had to do. Like one had to race down and get a bag of puzzle pieces. And after you did your task, you're supposed to bring it back to the the board. And each line of the, the – um, it was like a – not a poem, but like a clue, I guess. Each line of it was a puzzle, and you had to finish your piece of the puzzle. And it literally came down to seconds between me and Dion at the end there. And we won. And I think Dion was somebody that was always on everybody's radar as like a really strong social player. Uh, he was always talked about on our tribe. Um, and then all of a sudden we heard this like loud – like thunderous clap of applause. And we literally sat there from our holding area and going, it's either, it's probably Dion that got voted out. I think we were torn between like Justin and Dion. We were like, I'm pretty sure it's probably Dion. And that's what happened. So Dion got voted out. And, uh, and yeah, and then this is pretty much where everything completely fell apart for us. Cause we could not turn it around. I don't really know exactly. I think, Ah, it's that stupid water puzzle. It's like nine pieces. And we designated Kathy as our caller. And after we started is, or after we ended is where she decided to tell us that she forgot to bring her glasses and couldn't see anything. And I'm like, I feel like that's information you give us up front. Like that's something I feel like you probably do ahead of time. So we know not to make you our caller. But at the end of the day, another time where like, I feel you can
1: Yeah, like that's, that's say like I'm gonna be the spotter, but also like not see any.
2: <laughs> I'm blind though, guys. So if you could direct me, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm like, what is your problem? Like tell us when I don't you don't think we knew, knew that. Color. That's when you say, Hey, I didn't bring my glasses, but you can still make me the caller if you want. And I would be like, Absolutely not, I'll do it, or whatever. But I'm like, Okay, cool. So, like, where's the initiative? I didn't understand that at all. Um, again, it was that was one of those moments. I'm like, you know, what hey, though?
1: it had been a rainy week. She just maybe just don't want to get wet anymore. She's like, I'm just gonna Ooh. let these fuckers until I can do
2: it. That's probably true. I totally think it's one of those moments of like she's probably more thinking, I just don't want to get wet. But I feel like you still presented as like, hey,
1: I was no, I'm sure that's not what it was. That's that's that is really funny though.
2: I would like to give her the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, I truly, that was like a baffling moment for me, especially because we lost. And my first thought was, we should have just done it on our own. It's nine pieces. We can see it. Anybody who does this challenge in the future, in the water, if it ever shows up again, just do it yourself. Don't listen to your caller. Um, That would be my advice. But yeah, it was not a good moment. And that was the time when we started turning on our Tatanka people. Um, I don't know if it was like a benefit for us because we're like, you know, we want to show that we're not all together. Or I think it was also more just because Des was really trying to preserve Kathy because they had a bond. Um, I think it's the smart thing to do just because it gives us at least somebody who's touched other people on another tribe. But in, in those moments, I don't know exactly. I think it was, it just kind of played back to when we eliminated Adam. And I think people, I think people were kind of worried about, you know, Jack, his him coming out in that strategy, coming out pretty hard. I think that was a moment that we were kind of worried about, is he going to be with us later on or is he going to play harder? And, yeah, so that's kind of where things spiraled for us. Um, unbeknownst, I mean, it was just you do what you think you were supposed to do at the time. And then later you maybe realize it wasn't the right decision and, uh, you know, that's where I go. Maybe would have rather kept Laura um, in this situation. Getting rid of Jack sounded right at the time, but maybe wasn't the best choice overall. It's hard to say for each individual person's game, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a, a downward spiral, basically, at this point. Um, and everybody's just kind of trying to survive. Uh, you kind of just do what you think is right. Um, but it's tough. Uh, especially after the game, you realize you maybe should have made different decisions. So,
0: Did you feel like the, uh, the writing was on the wall by the time you got to the merge? Or did you feel like it was even later than that that you realized what was happening?
2: So the thing with our season, which, I mean, everybody has their own seasons, right? So our season had a couple swaps. 2019, they were expecting swaps. They had zero. So, you know, it, there's some things you can anticipate, some that you should, some that you probably shouldn't, or at least just not base your full strategy off of it. So for us, at this point, we were at, what, 11 people? And since we had won the last, like, three challenges, at this point we were on top of the world because we were losing, 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 and then all of a sudden we just went on this winning streak and we brought the numbers back in our favor to the point where we are like, this is exactly what we needed. Like now we can just ride this six out or whatever. Like that was probably most of our plans. It just makes sense. But what we didn't anticipate is that they were going to choose to have a nine person merge. Um, Who would anticipate that? It's not even something that's happened in Survivor. So it's like the, I think the lowest was 10 and that's like the standard from the original seasons. And then they bumped it up and now it's like 13 or whatever. So I think we weren't necessarily anticipating 13, Especially, I think Evan was 13th, so I think at that point when we had another challenge, we all of a sudden go, okay, so it's probably going to merge at 12. Then another challenge happens, we're like, shoot, okay, it's merging at 11, and then it's still not at 11. So I think all of us were kind of baffled at that point, just kind of going like, where's the merge? Like, what are we doing? Everybody's panicking because I think at that point, everybody just wants to have the numbers going in. That's what you would want in the merge. And it doesn't mean that it's going to pan out that way. But at least at that moment, that first first merge vote, it's probably easiest to stay together. So we all sudden are at 11 people. And I think that's where Jack went out. Because Jack was, yeah, they had five left and we had six. And all of a sudden we lose that challenge. So we're thinking number-wise, like, okay, we're going to be five and five. And I think our concern was Jack is was on a tribe with Courtney, Justin and Maria, who are on the other tribe. And we were worried that he could easily just flip to them. So that's why we chose to get rid of them. And I didn't doubt that Jack was with me in particular. I think he wanted me, him and Greg to go deep, um, which is fine. I I didn't doubt that. But I also had a very close relationship with Desiree. I had grown closer to Rachel and I also did feel comfortable with Kathy. So I felt either way and again it's one of those things for me where I'm like why would I make waves when I feel like I can just continue with this group and feel good there's no reason so I I just kind of let Jack go um, obviously I could have said something and we could have tried to do something or at least tie the vote but it just didn't seem worth it um, and 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 I don't know if it would have been a mistake because again I do feel like Jack probably would have flipped if it was beneficial in which case it wouldn't have mattered but in this case letting him go is fine But then we're at 10 and again, everybody's going like, all right, we have to be merging now. Like we have to, there's really no other way. And of course the whole dangle a carrot, rip it away. And now he's telling us we're going to compete in another challenge. I think everybody at that point was just so off of it. Like we were, we were literally just like, are we even gonna merge? Like, is this just going to ride these tribes until like maybe final four or something? Like, How is this working? So that was something we couldn't have anticipated. Like if we would have known you're merging at nine, I think maybe different decisions could have and would have been made, but that's not what we were privy to. So we go into this other challenge and it's, I hate this challenge so much, not just because we lost it and that caused us to lose numbers, but it it was the one where you have four blocks and each side has different colors on them. And the objective is to have four sides with with different colors and the issue with that is like typically it wouldn't be that big of a deal you can visualize it flip it all these different ways probably get it pretty quick but in this case there was four people on the outside and they were directing one person in the middle who was blindfolded on which way to flip the blocks so sometimes people didn't have a line of sight it's easier when you can view all sides of the block to figure out where you're going and maybe that was the mistake um is not like asking to see the blocks first or anything but basically you just have four different people directing four different ways rachel thought we were supposed to get all the same colors on the same side and so she was working against what we were doing which was part of it but there's really okay amazing. that was
1: that was that was just one of my favorite moments too, oh, just,
2: just,
1: <laughs> was trying to like line up the colors with the point of time at it all opposite just yeah, okay. oh yeah you guys are
2: well, something else you, sometimes you know who rachel is and learn about her now you're like totally a rachel moment and she's not like stupid or anything she's brilliant and she's fantastic and funny but like in the game there's plenty of Rachel moments that just cracked me up
1: well that's yeah. like those, like, it comes back to like those moments of where you're like trying to listen to John's instructions you know you're again like dazed and confused Where like you know it's it was totally not that insane to think that someone like was so convinced like no he said like all lined up like I mean it's like it yeah. you know it's not surprising that it happens it's just so easy to like mix those up when your mind's not even close to its normal capacity
2: I feel like john hated us so much because i mean not like hated us hated us but he was so frustrated with us i felt like we asked a billion questions and half the time i think it was stuff he had already because a lot of our people spent so much time like talking strategy and stuff while he was explaining the challenges and i think that's what frustrated him and i get that like when i'm playing board games i'm trying to explain the game to people and people are talking and you have to like re-explain or people ask you a question right after you got done explaining it and you're like really but John truly was getting like frustrated with us within like the first day or two, I think. But yeah, no, there's plenty of moments where you mishear things or you interpret it differently or maybe just weren't even paying attention. I mean, I probably can't tell you how many times I was just randomly zoning out, just staring into the water, thinking of food, whatever, and you just aren't paying attention all the time. So um, yeah, it was it was one of those moments. And, and Rachel's, Rachel was like, season wouldn't have been the same without her. And it's funny because she was actually one of the replacements. She came in literally last minute um, and it just wouldn't have been the same without her. She was amazing. So, um, but yeah, so with, uh, with that challenge, it was just, it was just bad. I mean, I think everybody's getting frustrated because nobody knows the answer. We're just asking them to flip the blocks at this point. And of course the person blindfolded is just literally going like, you guys just keep telling me to turn things. I have no idea what I'm doing and it's frustrating to them. So yeah. Um, At this point, I assume it's luck. They stumbled across it. I don't think anybody really knew a solution or intention of doing certain things. So it just stumbled that way. They won, they're freaking out. Of course they would. And of course we end up going to tribal. Now we're down four to five and that's when we decide to merge. Um, And yeah, a bunch of strings of like, like, if we had it our way, we would have taken that six all the way to the merge, but we cut Jack. The very next tribal we cut greg it just made the most sense for everybody and then maybe this whole like maybe we can pitch on the final guy remaining of a girls alliance maybe they'll trust me yada yada i mean you're thinking through all these potential things and, yeah so then we get to the merge and i think at this point we're scared because obviously you're down in numbers but i think we're hopeful like why wouldn't we like we're not just going to turn over so we merge at nine which is just something none of us would have anticipated. Um, And I think that was the biggest thing for us is it just emerged so late into the game and we had kind of just pigeonholed ourselves into, like, this is the team we're riding with. And especially with the struggle each tribe had at that point of all all each tribe wanted was just to get the numbers. So you're, like, clawing, scratching, bleeding just to get this challenge win and you get it. And you just get more, I think you get even more bonded with each other because you're fighting so hard to just keep your numbers. So when you go into the merge numbers up, I think at that point, it probably was writing on the wall. It doesn't seem like that. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into a few things like this, especially listening to some of the podcasts. It didn't seem that it was so cut and dry, but at the end of the day, it was pretty cut and dry.
0: Now, what is your, like, main takeaways of, like, what's your biggest, like, what-if scenarios as far as, like, what could have gotten you to the end, ultimately?
2: See, that's, it's tough because, I mean, you think of, like, what if we kept Lauren instead of Kathy? Would we not have had a blind caller for our challenge? Um, would we have <laughs> won one? That- <laughs> But yeah, challenge. but
1: really, though, it's like winning one more challenge makes you guys the final five or at least gives you a right. you know closer shot at it.
2: No, 100 percent. So like my first thought when you asked me that question, because I don't think there's anything I did leading up to like even the second swap. I mean, again, we won every single challenge. So the biggest what ifs, the only one that's really kind of out of my control is, yeah, what if Jen stayed in the game? Another body for our, our Tatanka eight. If she would have stuck with us, we would have been able to perfectly plan a. Assuming we won every challenge again, plan a four-four split on each tribe. Then what? Like, that's the biggest one I think that could that maybe was the most game altering. And it's ironic because it was the first like major thing that happened in the game for anybody. So. That one, um, of course, keeping Laura instead of Kathy. The biggest thing for me is, like, what if Laura wouldn't have played her, her advantage? Like, that was an advantage that would have, even if we went into the merge numbers down, we would have been able to at least bring the numbers four to four. A rock situation. We could have threatened to, you know, do any number of things so like if Laura didn't play her advantage she might have been more enticing to keep around past Kathy so maybe Kathy would have gone Laura stays in the game we now have an advantage in our hands like who knows Um, and then I think the other at least what if for me is I mean at very most at that point I could have forced a tie on the jack vote which does not seem beneficial um but if Jack would have been with us at the merge, could he have worked something with Maria, Courtney, or Justin? It sounded like he was really close to Justin. Um, I had no intention of working with Justin. It kind of just worked out to be that way. Um, I'm sure he's a great person outside of the game, but at least in the game I've made it pretty vocal of my thoughts on Justin, the way he was playing, his personality, the way I felt about him. I don't know that I would have had any longevity there. So there's a lot of things with like, if Jack would have stayed, I I don't think the Greg vote changed much of anything, not anything against Greg. It's just, I don't think he had a relationship with Katie. And at the end of the day, I don't think he would have done anything to help us pull numbers. So the only other, what if really was I at the merge vote. um, of course, didn't win immunity. I thought it makes sense that they would just target me. Like I've kind of in the last few challenges been the big challenge person to like seal the deal. So I'm probably on their radar, but I had had a really, really great conversation with Courtney. She was like the main person I was really trying to just talk to. So the whole time from the time we merged on the way back to camp, I talked to Courtney literally the whole time. Nobody else had a conversation with her. I don't even know if it was game. I think it was probably a blend of it all. Just how the game's been for her, all these things. Um, do you maybe want to do anything? All these things. Um, so if, if we had more time, again, another thing, what if, but not in our control whatsoever. But if we had had more time from the time that we merged, not even sure the intention from production standpoint of like why one the late merge. Again, they couldn't have anticipated that literally nobody on either tribe would have really been on a tribe together at any given point, aside from like one person, I think Hannah Dez, and Kathy were the only people who would really interacted with each other at that point. Um, and then, Oh, and Courtney, I guess, but anyway, so that was one thing, but we literally got back to camp merged. So we sat around and we got lemonade. So that was thrilling. Um, no food or anything, but we sat around and of course, exchanged names, talked about each other, decided to start setting up camp. And then I think within probably like half an hour of getting there, they told us we were going to our challenge. So of course we're all like, what? Like we just got here. I've never met these people. There was literally no time to establish any sort of bond. We're at our immunity challenge, which is fine. But then immediately after the immunity challenge, we were told we we're going to tribal council, which was an even bigger what for us. Cause we've interacted with each, we're down numbers five to four probably something that you know in general you would just expect at the limited time together you've already been on these tribes for how long building these bonds so it kind of felt like riding on the wall their their five were going to vote for one of us and that was all we had another one of the moments of like really you couldn't have told me this sooner but as des was <laughs> going to vote um i was after her and i'm walking up like basically when you're done voting you start walking across there's a little bridge and when john sees that person he tells the next person to go just to keep it moving and as i'm passing desiree she looks at me and says i have an idol and i was like are you kidding me like you're telling me this now i'm not even upset that you didn't tell me before because it makes sense but like when we're walking to the challenge walking to tribal like at any point you probably could have told me this and we could have maybe discussed it as a group or something but you're telling me this like as we're voting. So, this was like the only other what if at this point is like, I don't even know. I mean, Des is freaking out, of course. I'm panicking cause I'm like, I think they're coming for me. Des thinks they're going for her. We don't really know. And I'm not gonna say this was like the best decision for me, but I think I'd, I really wanted control of where the idol went so I can make the final decision. So Des and I were talking heavily about it. And eventually, I think she just got to this point of like, I just don't even know. And I'm like, so worried. She kind of just gave it to me and said, you make the decision, which is at the time what I wanted. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, actually, I think I would have rather just had her make a decision. And I just go, it it was whatever happens, happens. Um, So of course, you stand up to play this idol you look around to see the reactions and they're all kind of stone-faced or not even looking at me or whatever um and i was hoping to be able to gauge it based off of that and i initially gave it to john like i put out my hand to give it to him didn't really say a word and i'm looking at their reactions as i give it and nothing still and then I hadn't even decided in my mind what I was going to do yet. And John goes, all right, any votes for Bryce don't count. And I was just kind of like, all right, well, I like, I guess, I mean, I don't know if I would have made another decision because at the end of the day, I think me and Des knew it was going to be either her or me. I thought if I could at least make it past this round, whether they are voting for me or not, I can probably still find my way through and, um yeah so i played the vote for or the idol for myself and they ended up voting for desiree and that's where you get all those like really intense emotional pictures from us and uh yeah it was not a highlight moment for sure um i think everybody does obviously hope that you play an idol and the next thing is you've nullified the votes that you need and now the numbers are even again and game on But. It ended up being Desiree walks out the door. She's the first juror. And now it's just me, Kathy and Rachel there against five other people. Um, You know, I'm still sitting there hopeful like, yes, it sucks to lose Des, but maybe I can do something. Um, But yeah, that was probably the only other what if at this point. And from
1: there, it's a beautiful ride to you guys making final three somehow. Wonderful story.
2: Yeah. It was (laughs) amazing. Um, No, it was, that was, that was definitely the, the last, probably our last ditch. That was like the last chance that we truly had to maybe make something. Um, Again, there's, there were talks of, even from the other podcasts and stuff, there was stuff that took place or things that took place that um, both Hannah, Courtney, maybe even other people were considering, but at the end of the day they didn't. And, um, yeah, so like, I mean, I guess I had one more shot, which was I won a reward challenge. <clears throat> at that point, I just realized I'm just gonna need to win everything um, to at least establish myself a little bit, and that's what I did. I won the next two immunity challenges. Of course, um, there's, and that one was bizarre. I think right after Des got eliminated is when we went to another immunity challenge. Or no, it was rewar- I think immunity came before reward, right?
1: Uh, I, think, yeah, I, th- I think you won immunity and then you also yeah. won reward. Yeah,
2: I did. Um, yeah. It was like, the reward was like a two-part or a three-part challenge. Again, another slingshot. Um, first like three people to knock it down or something went on to the next stage. And then the next stage was a maze um, to get like that or handkerchiefs or something like that. And I was able to squeak that out the winner was able to go on a private reward. I was able to take two people with me and um, I also got a a parchment. So um, that was like the only, that was like the next thing that I was like, seeing glimmers of hope, obviously I had the immunity necklace around my neck, but then that's when we had like a whole night to ourselves before going to tribal again. And that's kind of what floored me a little bit. It's like, wouldn't we have wanted this for the merge boat, not the other one, but at the end of the day, that's just kind of the hand that we are dealt
1: yeah hey before we go any deeper i'm probably about to get signing off here and this is getting late for me and ryan goes to bed early so. <laughs> um, but i just want to say no i just want to say i mean obviously you know bryce knows this but just for the sake of the podcast you like um i talked to, like, about like with austin too but like bryce is also someone who is an example of like someone who like these great friendships that come out of survival challenge, and like anyone who um you know plays or you know volunteers or whatever comes back for you make sure you connect with bryce you just one of my favorite people in the world um but yeah we have just like so many funny little inside jokes so we could we could just like say the word like baseball and just immediately know what that means and just start laughing about it um but yeah i know it's been a, it's it's been a fun couple years you know getting to know him and people from his cast you're all among my closest friends too but um, yeah it was really sad to see you know the game ends so not great for <laughs> bryson the never give up a pc tribe but um
0: yes yeah, yeah.
2: you know well, and also, based off of how it played out i remember we've talked about it before it's like yeah of course as like a friend you'd want me to like succeed and win and all those things but for what my story was it kind of ended in the perfect way um maybe one more immunity could have you know established it a little bit better just to shake some things up but at the end of the day i think my story ended where it should have and um, I don't think it would have been as satisfying to have like a winner who just won like eight immunities straight.
1: And- no, and, and and yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, had you had you truly like won your way to the end like that? Like I think that would have been a crappy. I mean, I, I'm i never a fan of that, so I think I'd have. I think like, I was. I would have been like happier with your story the way it was than had you actually gone on and won like the last like four or five challenges to then you know maybe win the game if the jury's into that.
2: Yeah yeah hundred percent I mean I'm the th- I'm, obviously I'm sitting here going like I would have much rather won no matter how it happened I wouldn't have cared right but yeah two I can appreciate at least the story and how it played out and you know you have this one tribe that goes on to win through this whole portion and dominate and then they all just end up falling before the finale anyway it's like you know um, but it it was for me um, definitely a ride but just to kind of touch with i mean we'll probably touch on this later but um yeah definitely one of those things that uh going on and playing and then returning the next year you just it just feels way different and um but yeah no I was even telling somebody the other day cuz they were talking about Nashville, Tennessee, and I, I was just like, yeah, one of my best friends lives there. I still have yet to visit him, but uh, he lives oh, there. yeah, you
1: have, douche.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I think it took, like, Greg,
1: like, almost, it, like, took two weeks to get him down here when I first moved here, so he pretty much <laughs> blew everybody out of the water there. <laughs>
2: Even worse, as I was at North, in North Carolina at the time, I definitely should have made my way over there. Now I'm, like, further away, but... Not, like, eh, like, honestly,
1: though, I mean, like, what's, like, a nine-hour drive versus, like, a flight nowadays, so it's really not, you know, any majorly... Different than those it's two. Like but
2: you, it's like you went to North I mean, I'm clearly not
1: holding a grudge, but you know.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> but, anyways, yeah, I, I understand. I actually didn't know that this would
0: go on this long.
1: So. Oh, I yeah. assume it would. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I guess, good tired. So, uh, um, well, <laughs> well I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll hop off. You guys continue to finish up prices. Um, I'm sorry for spoiling it, but he he may not win. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, it's going to good to cut you guys. I'll, I'll touch you guys later. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, wrapping up here with the last few questions here. Uh, first off, how would you like view your, like, how do you currently view your whole experience and what does it mean to you personally?
2: So, I mean, like what Ryan and I were talking about, it's like, again, everybody goes in with the hope to win or at least even just be successful. Like I've talked to plenty of people who are just petrified of being, you know, the first person out. And then there's other people who, of course, that's what you're scared about, but then you still get eliminated early or even first, and it's just, it's still life-changing in a way, and um, so my experience playing, I mean, it went from, what the hell am I doing, to, uh, I mean, you almost don't even think about it, it's like Survivor just becomes second nature, so there's this part of you that's like, you're not really aware of what's going on inside of you, or everything around you until after it's over, so, you know, basically with me, with how everything ended, it just felt like I mean, I told you my beginning strategy was just to lay low, go in, not be the center of attention in the pre-merge. I basically just was like, as long as the group doesn't target me, I'm totally fine with riding with whoever I felt comfortable. And so I took a back seat in strategy there. I let Des take the front, front reins and Jack and things like that. And then my merge game comes and that's why I was hoping to just like hit it running. And I, I truly did try almost everything I could. Um, and just nothing stuck. And, and it almost became a bad thing. It was like we're in the merge. And because and I listened to Courtney's podcast, I listened to Hannah's, mostly because I was worried that Hannah was just going to shit talk me the whole time, which I was pleasantly surprised. But um, with both of them, I, those were the two people I tried to turn more than anybody. Like those are the relationships that I built. Those are the ones I focused on. So, like When I won the reward, I took Hannah with me um, with the intent of working with her, and then I took Kathy, so she Hannah would have somebody there who she's had a relationship with, and I was hoping that that was gonna work out. Um, instead, I told Kathy what my advantage was that I won from the reward. Kathy turned around within like a minute. I hopped in the shower and told Hannah what my advantage was. And again, that's another one of those things where I go, I wish I would have brought Laura, because I feel like I had a lot more that I could have done if I just didn't tell her what it was. So it's one of those things that you know the experience of it all is you are in it you play the game's over and it doesn't work out how you thought or even you won and you still feel like you weren't portrayed correctly or you didn't play the game that you wanted to or anything but i truly came out of the game feeling like i didn't do a single thing like i basically came into the game wrote it like rode the wave and then crashed and it was done and of course there's so many what ifs and so many is like i should have done this and um you know that subsides after a little while i want to say by the time next year hit uh i think i'd at least come to peace with a lot of it and just enjoyed the relationships and that's kind of what ryan was touching on is like the experience doesn't really just end with survival challenge it's um it's a lot more than that and and oddly enough uh, so smart man sat me down after the game. Um, his name is Andrew Baker, and he uh, told me the game always gives you what you need and not necessarily what you want. And I really, when I sat and thought about it, I think it did because at the time, I think I was struggling in life. Just I had just transitioned out to North Carolina. I think only about a year or so from then, like I had come out Um, it's like my family and things and so I think I was feeling very isolated I was feeling very just like I didn't really have a community a, a group of people who just loved me for me and just wanted to spend time with me and get to know me and stuff and after survival challenge was over like you know you ride that wave it crashes and all of a sudden you feel this like shoot that didn't end how I wanted it to and I remember I like I the game was over, like after jury speeches, after winner was crowned, all these things, I walked out and I didn't talk to a single person. I like left and I just went to the shower and I just took the time in there to, uh, just reflect kind of really quickly, just bring myself down a little bit and just kind of like let out the feelings of the game for me. Um, not happy how it ended for me, you know, of course I would have wanted to do better, all those things, but, um, kind of trying to reflect on the positives of it. And and once that's over and you're able to just kind of like appreciate the game for what it was, I think one of the first things I did outside of getting food was I sat down with with Desiree and we like off to the side and um, like at that time, like I said earlier, but like nobody knew that I was even gay. Nobody knew anything about that, about me. And so I finally just kind of told her, here's the struggles that I've had within my life. And um, she reciprocated. I mean, she told me about a lot of the traumatic stuff that's been going on with her. And, and I feel like it was just like a weird thing that I just all of a sudden instantly realized the game's over and now it's the relationships. Like now you have this community And that's what I needed from the game. And that's what the game gave me is friendships, relationships. Like truly Ryan is one of my closest friends. Now we talk constantly and I haven't seen him in three years. I don't think, and that's wild for me, but like, you know, and you can attest to this, how many people you've met through the, sh- through this. And yeah, um, just even from being on the sidelines, doing production, camera work and stuff, you had that community already, but then getting to play the game. Now you have these people who you played with and you had these experiences with, and yes, they voted you out, but you love them anyway. And it's like, I think <laughs> today, you're sitting here going like, what would I be doing with my life if I didn't have this? Like some people, it could have right. been like a real difference maker in their life. And for me it was. And, and I've, just gone and done experiences with these people, Disney world, um, going to hearts of reality, playing games during quarantine, playing games, even out of quarantine, like visiting each other. And then especially just every year, there's this one week that I look forward to more than any other time during the year. And it's because you get to be around these people who have the same passion about this game and this show that you do. And, I've kind of lost my, my uh, passion for Survivor as a whole, but like the community, though, Survival Challenge, I would say even coming back and watching you play and your season and helping the year after coming off of my season, I feel almost just as connected to you guys as a cast as I did my own. Yeah. And it's just because I then got to see the magic that happened in me and the game that I enjoyed and played in and the way I felt about it. I got to watch it from the sidelines and watch you guys go through the same things I did and and fall in love with that side of it. So now every year I'm just excited to go back and, and be any part of at all to recreating this experience for others that I have for myself. And um, I almost feel like the year after was more impactful for me than the year of. Um, which is so odd. And, and, you know, I didn't get to come out last year and regret that, absolutely, but um, it's making me more excited to come this year, and I feel like it's going to be just as impactful but in an even different way because um, now there's just more... Going on, there's there's more friendships to be made. I've even made friends with some of the people who played this last year, even though I wasn't even there. And and it's a really (laughs) wild thing when you have somebody come up to you, and this mostly happened during your season, but even still, like talking with like Stu or Landon or whoever, they're like, "Oh, I watched you play. I loved you on your season. Oh my god, I was rooting for you." I'm like, "What? Who? What's wrong with you? Like, I don't even know you." (laughs) And on top of that, I'm like. Uh, like I, I'm nobody. Like this, this survival challenge is such a small scale, the real show. But in a way, it's like people, they watched my season to prep for 2019. They watched my season right. to prep for 2021, and so they watched me go through that. And watch, you know, you root for who you root for, who you um, tend to have like just a draw to. And I felt the same way. I'm watching from the sidelines, and I'm devastated when Stu gets voted out. And Stu for second chances, by the way. And uh, you know, I'm also like. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited to just like get back out there and meet some of these people that I watched. I watched Landon, of course, I am very partial to Chris O'Neill just because um, just a very close friend of mine. So it was exciting to watch him play and then simultaneously like cheering for other people. But um, it's just a wild experience, man. And uh, I know that we're past the application point now where I have no advice to give in that regard um but as far as like prepping for the game and getting ready to play I just say embrace it like open up about it and just make sure that you are taking it all in I think the biggest advice I gave to Chris before he went and played was just uh don't don't like over analyze don't overplay before it's even happened like let the game come to you let the experience come to you enjoy it and don't put too much pressure on yourself to succeed or do this or do that just like just play like you know that I think ultimately that's what you want is you don't want to leave the game feeling like I like me I didn't I left the game feeling like I didn't play because I spent too much time um you know again I couldn't have figured out ahead of time what was going to happen in my story but at the end of the day I have regrets in those regards and I definitely just don't want people to have regrets like lay it all out there um, but the experience is wild, um, and even years after, it'll, it'll stay with you. You talk to these people for years, and you see them and their family, and um, even people that I disagree with, like even if, even if I didn't enjoy him in the game, if I saw Justin, I'd be excited to see him. Um, you know, So, I mean, there's, diff- there's definitely those moments where uh, you realize how blessed you are to be a part of even the small pool of people who have played Survival Challenge and just being a part of that and just embrace it all.
0: Yeah, man. Couldn't say it better myself. It's very interesting how kind of the real experience begins after you get voted out. Mm -hmm. As weird as it sounds, it really does. And then, yeah, I experienced for the first time what it's like to come to a season post playing because I've been on production for quite a few years now. But this past season was my first season being on production post playing. And it's a different experience, like exactly what you said. You kind of see yourself, you know, in some of the players and you watch them go through it and you kind of know what that's like. And you, it's very meaningful and it helps you relive and go through some of your own experiences. And it's so, it's so meaningful to watch them go through that. And it's very bizarre how you connect with these players that you don't, really talk to a whole lot you right. know you're not playing with them but you're there a part of making the experience happen and and you continue to form bonds post your own season i mean ryan played in season four and he made connections with you and other people on season six right. two years past the season so that just goes to show you really kind of just really begins after you're done And I, I know people are going to be very excited to play this game mm-hmm. but i think that if they could see where we are now uh they should be more excited for what it changes for their day-to-day life I mean, afterwards. Yeah.
2: No, and that's that was the one thing. Like honestly, if there was anything that I focused on harder than the game itself was, like when I was done, whatever time that would be, whether it's you know after the final tribal or um, earlier in the game or whatever. And there was one person I wanted to talk to, and that was Andy because I read all of his blogs and things and. I don't think I'd ever exchanged any notes with him prior to survival challenge. But when I went out there, I was just so invested in him as a person and just his writing. And I've just always appreciated it. I loved reading him and stuff. And so my biggest thing was like wanting to sit down with him and talk to him. And I basically wanted him to just like, kind of like grill my game, like tell me what I did wrong or tell me what you thought. And like, I was just most, I got of anybody, I was most interested in what he would have to say. And I told him that I said, honestly, the only person I wanted to meet when I got here was you. And, uh, and of course we've been very close ever since, but it's like the community is I think why I came to play. It's it's kind of weird to say. It's like, I don't think I knew that at the time, but I think playing the game, playing Survivor was secondary for me. I mean, I, I truly had conceded the fact that I would ever be on the show, mostly because of just my relationship to Varner and then just how that all wound up and i i came to terms with that and i was okay but i think at that point i was probably blacklisted from survivor but anyway um it had kind of come to terms that i would never probably ever get on the show again and um so survival challenge was my big big break i guess you could say that was it was my time to get my shot see what i'm made of and i know that's what everybody says too is like this is my time to show my chops and see if when I'm sitting there going, Oh, I could do that. Oh, why didn't they do this? You know, playing, um, the sideline quarterback and things. It's like, that's the moment that I got that chance for myself. But I think more so than actually playing the game and experiencing that I was, my, my head was in the relationships I'd have after again, voting out Laura. The first thing I say to her is I cannot wait to hang out with you after the game. And that was so genuine. Um, and just like Ryan, like we, even during the game, had plenty of conversations. He just asked me like, "What's what are you thinking? What's going on?" And you know, I think kind of to your point is in a in a, in a weird way almost getting to chat with people about even whether it's your season or their season or whatever. But there's a a, a therapeutic thing about getting to chat with other people who have played, and now you're experiencing the same things kind of like what you said, it's like you were doing production before, but you couldn't relate to the gameplay or how it changed you or how it made you feel and getting voted out and all those things. And then now you can, so you can still continue to bring this to people and, and help them experience it. But now you can also relate to them and now you go, hell yeah, I know what you're going through. Oh my God. And it was so sucky for me. Let's talk about it or whatever. And I think that was something I loved about after your season is just, listening to their stories and just going, this is, uh, this is how it was for me. I mean, and it'll never stop. I'll see you six months and we'll start talking about things that happened in our seasons. And it's like, even this podcast, it's like, uh, four years later I'm talking about this and um, (laughs) usually only talk to this with people one-on-one and that's if the conversations come up, but I'm like, really don't talk about this with anybody um, in my normal life. So when I go back for that one week in, in July, it's that's the time where you let it all out you rehash things you also point at that person and say fuck you you know and then you hug them and it's like that's just kind of how it is You're, uh, like there's always going to be this frenemy thing between me and hannah where she's always going to say thank god i voted you out and i'm going to say oh yeah well you know we will see what happens in the future and we play games together still and there's always this thing in the back of my mind that i go i hate her but then there's also this part of me that goes i love her and it's just That's how it goes. So you have friends and, um, I mean, I, I truly have not heard of anybody who's left and, uh, continued to be in the survival challenge circle and involve themselves who like, I mean, I'm sure there's game beef that if, you know, so-and-so played with so-and-so, they probably wouldn't trust each other again, but at least outside the game, I think you just see each other for people and, um, it's just a value in your life I and mean, it's invaluable. It's just, it's something that you wouldn't anticipate that you needed or that you <laughs> cared to have. And yet it's like, I don't know what I would do without it. Um, there's plenty of people I still talk to daily or even every so often. And it's just like, it, just to know that if I didn't watch this show and get into this show and if my life didn't pan out the way that it did to the point where I was able to even find survival challenge, I'd, there would be plenty of people in my life that i love so much and value that wouldn't be there and it's like i wouldn't want that so i'd tell anybody if you're ever thinking about it like do it like please um because it goes so much further than just the game Um, the community is fantastic that's where it's at so
0: yeah that's it is truly special and um I I love doing this podcast to hear these stories and provide an outlet for you guys to to talk about it and also good for just record keeping for you to look back on someday. Um, But yeah, it's truly special. And uh, I'm very grateful to be a part of it. I know you're grateful to be very uh, a Mm -hmm. part of it. And uh, dude, can't wait for season nine. It's going to be amazing
2: i know i'm looking forward to it i mean i just got off the phone with andy literally known the man for four years can never get him on the phone but he called me today (laughs) and i was like i have to answer and uh he started talking to me about just things to prep for a plan and so of course i'm like we're six months out but i'm already like can we just go Uh, right yeah i'm excited for it and and again every year it's like it's new cast new game It's, it's fun to watch it unfold and um and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see who's going to be playing. I I know that there are people that I've suggested applying to, and so we'll see what happens there. So it's always fun when you have a personal investment, but it's also fun when you know literally no one and you get to watch how it all plays out. And um, yeah, whether that's you get accepted to apply or to play this year, and you've already gotten that letter. I don't know if this will go out by then, but um, yeah, probably by the time this podcast goes up you are probably still in the interview process and everything. But uh, I would just say if, if if you get to play, just take it, like go with it. I mean, it's, make the most of it. And then just know that once it's all over, whether you're first out or the winner, there's a community to hold you and be with you and uh, lots of friendships to be had. But then if you don't get accepted to play, I would never tell somebody to stop applying um, again, even in my season, I think there was like four or five replacements total just because of different things that happened. And um, so shot may still come your way, but I, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I mean, just like the real show, too, you don't get approved to do that. But there's still a community out there, and Survival challenges is is the best, I literally have not even bothered applying to any other live games. Cause I just don't, <laughs> I feel like I, I got the, right. the pinnacle of it for one. And then two, I just, I, my heart's there and I, that's what I played in first. And I feel like if I'm ever going to play a live game again, it would only be survival challenge. So um, there's, yeah. there's a lot to be said. I mean, the, and, and it's apparent when you're there, whether you're playing or helping or just a part of the community,
0: but um,
2: the, blood sweat tears the passion that's in survival challenge the all the work that they do not even for their players but for their volunteers that we love so much and uh even just the viewers both at home and and that coming person it's like you can tell there's just something between john Andy, ryan like production people it's like they they're passionate about everybody involved and uh it shows a lot so it's 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 great to see it is a shame it's only once a year and for you know five to seven days but uh it's it's so worth it um yeah no it's truly one of the best things i've ever done um both for just fun and also for uh just life
0: Yeah well thankfully it will be here Before we know it so if you're listening To this and you want to keep tabs on whether You're playing or whether you want to watch Be sure to follow us on our Facebook Feed at Survival Challenge you can Watch our episodes like Bryce's season six and see how He did on YouTube on our Uh, survival challenge youtube channel Uh, be sure to follow our instagram page where we post lots of pictures sometimes of bryce Uh, (laughs) so if you're looking for bryce content you can find all three social media platforms but yeah we post our live stream for it on facebook so if you're interested in watching the events of season nine go down you can check it out there yes um and our website at survivalchallenge.net as well so thanks for everyone for listening and Thanks to uh, you, Bryce, for taking the time to talk with us about your game. We yeah, really enjoyed
2: so it. Do I need to Venmo you for this therapy session? or
0: <laughs> It's on the house, buddy.
2: Oh, perfect. You're so good to me, Will. Um,
0: well, you survived that night of rain, so you might as well get something out of it.
2: Right. Tell me about it. I feel like I get owed something, actually,
0: but you know, whatever.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, well, thanks for having me um, on. Thanks for asking me. Um, I think there's part of me that was like wanting to do it, but never wanting to be like, hey, I should do this. Because at the end of the day, I feel like, I think I told you this, but I mean, you've talked to so many people about my specific season and and really, I don't feel like there's much more for me to offer as far as just like things that other people haven't talked about, but I, it's nice to know that it was asked for, and I appreciate you having me and,
0: um, spending the last three hours with me. It's wild. Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. All right. Well, have a great night, dude. You too.
2: And uh, yeah, make sure you play hard if you are in survival challenge this year. And if you feel like it, feel like coming out, um, please join us. It's a good time.
0: Absolutely.